Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being back with us here. It is episode number 204, and it is Monday, December the 21st, 2020. We are winding down the year, but winding up for some retro wrestling talk. As always, I'm Joe Murata. I'm joined by Michael Quinn. How you doing, Michael? Howdy, doody. It's almost that time, Michael. Festivus in a couple uh, days. Yeah, fest- right. Coming up. <laughs> Ignore all the other holidays. No, yeah. Festivus Obviously, time. Festivus time. But folks, we hope you're doing all right out there as we near the end of 2020. And we are partially through our latest season, season 21. We have some great topics in store for you, and we thank you for being back with us here. But before we get to any of that, I want to remind you, you can follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You will do that for the wrestling clips. Yes, clearly. That's the reason. That's, that's why, the clips. There's really no other invigorating content that's other the than only, the clips. The only thing you need to know about is clips. Just go to at OVP Podcast and you will see clips immediately, pretty it should much. should be well, at OVP Podcast clips. Yeah. That should be a separate thing. <laughs> what if we do? Yeah, just, just for no reason. I have other be- ideas for like other Twitter accounts, Ooh, don't worry. So Stay tuned, folks. Yeah. Uh, but you can follow us there for drama-free wrestling clips. You can also email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the best place if people want to talk to you and me and hundreds upon hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics is where, Michael? It's over at the Facebook, facebook.com slash Twitter, the other Twitter accounts, slash other Twitter accounts. There you go. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what the address. A, what a great site. Oh, yeah. Right? That, that, what a not confusing address that they picked. No, it's a good one. And what a good corporation, too, the Facebook is. Oh, they're so good. <laughs> I, I love them. So if you still have a Facebook, what you can do is go over there, join the group. How do they do that, Quinn? Yeah, they, they use the search bar. That is a okay. good thing, that search bar thing that Facebook has. They type our vantage point, death, retro wrestling podcast, bing, bang, boom, tooth, gore, kafuli, uh, all the ceremonial salt and all that stuff. Um, you hit the join group and you're in. That's it. All you got to do is agree to one rule and one rule only, which is don't be what? A dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. And that basically means don't be mean to each other. No personal attacks. You can disagree until the cows come home. Even when they come home, you can still disagree. They do come home sometimes, <laughs> those cows. Um, but just don't disagree and be mean to each other. Yeah, there you go. That's all. No attacking each other, but right. disagree all you want about, you know, Luthez, Paul Orndorff. Yeah, we're just grabbing names out of hats here. What, what a thing to disagree about. In Luthez, our, imagine. Like people arguing, <laughs> like wars begin over Luthez. That'd be amazing. Anyway, really though, go to our Facebook group. It is a lot of fun. We try to keep it drama free, just like our Twitter account. Have fun over there. If you want more OVP content, let's say you've been listening for a while. Let's say you've been listening for a couple of weeks. Let's say you've been listening for a couple of years and you want our pay-per-view reviews and you want the 1983 canon. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Highest tier is five bucks a month right now on the pay-per-view review tier. We've got two out for December Survivor Series 91 and its sequel Tuesday in Texas. Next month is the Royal Rumble. Mm. You get your hands on all the pay-per-view reviews for just five bucks. Go try it out. Michael. Yes. This season, we're doing a fun segment, actually. I really like this one that we've been opening with. It's a good time. You into it? I think it's a good time. And we've been taking your suggestions, folks. And basically, this is a segment where, you know, we've seen a lot of good things in wrestling over the years, obviously. A lot of successes, a lot of good pushes, a lot of good angles, good matches. 
But we've also seen things that seemed like they should have worked, right? Like last week we talked about the Ultimate Warriors, the WWF champion, for example. Seems like it should have worked. Seems like it should have. all kinds of ass. Right? Everyone was loving it. Now we talked about the Lex Express, big face push. And this is a segment called What Went Wrong? Tell me, where did we go so wrong? I still don't get who don't that worry. is or where did he come from. It doesn't matter. Like, what is that? <laughs> I'll tell you where this suggestion came from. It came from the enforcer. Of the OVP group. I'm talking about the one and only Tony Leg Day Chirichetti. Oh, there he is. There he is. Yep. Hello, Tony. And he wanted us to talk about what went wrong, Quinn, with Vader in the WWF. And as we usually do, what's your short answer to start? They made him kind of like, I think the self-confidence thing at the end of his run, like, made you look back at it and like, you were just like, none of this mattered. Yeah, kind Unfortunately, of. Unfortunately, like, I, it's weird that they wrote an angle. To, that made you doubt everything you just saw for all those years, which is, it's like a very weird thing. Very meta, that's, very that's 98. My, that's my, like, biggest take is how they ended is it ruined all of it. Yeah, I, I kind of yeah. get that. Uh, let's talk about why Vader and the WWF should have been good. Obviously, Vader and Leon White no longer with us, but he had debuted in wrestling in the mid-80s, AWA as a baby bull and bull power. Yeah, baby bull. Really I, I love that baby name. Bull. I, I've, always, <laughs> I've always loved it. I, I'm a baby bull. I'm a baby bull. <laughs> He is Leon, the baby boy white. And then he made his way over to New Japan, which mm. was a, a big deal. He defeated Antonio Inoki, who had already wrestled in 87 in Sumo what? Hall. Yes, yeah. and caused a friggin' riot that got him kicked out of Sumo Hall for two years, Whoops. which is kind of funny. Yeah. And obviously the big Van Vader character was already established there. It's based on like Japanese folklore or something like and that. And also just Vader. Like Darth Sometimes, Vader, yeah. You ever hear of him? <laughs> Sometimes there's that. Um, Only one of the greatest movie villains of all time. Pretty much. Yeah. And he was in Japan for several years. He formed a tag team with Bam Bam Bigelow, Big Bad and Dangerous. They uh, won the IWGP tag titles. But around the same time, he started crossing over into WCW and really made a presence as Big Van Vader uh, to the North American audience. Starting in 1990, defeating the Z-Man yeah, very in WCW. <laughs> Big splash. He's got the leg grapevine. My goodness, Big Van Vader is devastating. This big man is, is awesome. He started really uh, working full-time for WCW in 92 and had a really good run in WCW. I mean, this is the Vader that a lot of us fans know and love. The one that had those great matches with Sting and Cactus Jack, world champion, uh, lost to Ron Simmons, won it back, lost mm -hmm. to Sting, won it back. The flare angle, and then in 94, uh, in into 95 with Hogan and right. all that. Good stuff. Vader leaves WCW in the fall of 95 and then starts being promoted in late 95 or maybe early 96 to be in the WWF Royal Rumble as the man they call Vader the in 96. I never really... Well, yeah, um, I never like liked to, that. that. So we're off to a bad start. Right. The man they call Vader. It always seemed like, okay, first of all, if coming in, he was like slightly different but nothing like nothing like that will destroy him as far as his career still wear the nothing, same attire nothing that like enhances him either like for example slight difference he has vader time written on his singlet or <laughs> yeah, something the front. and he's he's more heavy emphasis on the vader time um thing <laughs> a lot of vader time they like they never said vader time even though i think it was something he said sometimes yeah but before. it's in his song now in wwf right. now you know? it's like everything's vader time right? well it is vader time right but it's, he's, even in his music it's time yeah. it's vader time. <laughs> time, time, time i kind of like his music in it's wwf pretty good. actually yeah, pretty good jim johnson joint there yeah uh one of the according to the folklore vince mcmahon wanted to call him the mastodon 
not Vader. Well, that would explain why Jarrah every week, Master John. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, nobody calls him that. <laughs> no one's like, ever called him that. I never, I literally never, call, like, in his, like, entire run i never referred to like i never said to my friends hey did you see the mastodon <laughs> vader last night like like sometimes i'd be like oh did you see vader last night right. but like i would not say did you see the mastodon vader like, or when you're playing with your figures when you i never... think of fucking mastodon i think of black ranger yes, power rangers his, his zord that, that's gonna like, say that. that's like the fucking arms on on megazord exactly you know? yeah uh so that was dumb so maybe that's why vince called him the man they call vader i don't call him vader I call him the Mastodon. Yeah. <laughs> they call him Vader. Vince, in the office, he's referred to as the Mastodon. <laughs> right. But outside, they call him Vader. Yeah, we call him Vader. Yeah. <laughs> the man we call Vader <laughs> should have been his... <laughs> it's, it's, the man true. everyone else but Vince calls Vader. Right, exactly. Uh, so anyway, I will say this, though. His debut at the Royal Rumble is actually rather impressive in that he gets in a whole like tizzy with Yoko, his own camp, first of all. <laughs> Camp Cornet, right yeah, now. I so get, he's he's immediately involved with Cat, Camp Cornet. Now I liked Harley Race with him having a heel manager in WCW. Made sense, right? I get that if they wanted to give him a manager at that point, Jim Cornet or Sonny are your two friggin' heel manager options. Sonny probably would have been better. I I hate to say, <laughs> and no Jim offense Cornette, to Cornet as a manager. I'm but just saying in WWF. Jim Cornette, Cornette stinks is a as a terrible manager. manager. And it's not even like, his fault. It's what they do with him. It's also like half of it you can tell like he doesn't care as much because he's like becoming more management. Yes. Like uh, it's he's not like his fault really. Transitioning. But... Like 94 he's more of a manager. Yes. But after that you see him like you can see him just not care as much anymore about this managing. Correct. Thing, right? And I don't blame him. They weren't yeah. giving him good stuff to work with. And it seemed like it was a career choice too. Like it wasn't yeah. like he was just like no I want to be in the backstage. I don't want to be on camera well, yeah. anymore. Smoky Mountain closed in late 95. Right. He went to Vince full time in 96. Yeah. So Vader was one of his guys. But I do like the way he causes a big scene with Yoko, mm -hmm. gets into it with Shawn Michaels. And Vader back in the squared circle. What is going but on? He's eliminated, here? right? Vader pummeling Shawn Michaels. Yeah, good. Strong debut. And then the next night on Raw, very famously, he's making this whole scene attacking, I forget whoever, and then referees. And then Gorilla Monsoon, the president, comes out. And mm -hmm. I love this angle. Right. Gorilla Monsoon comes out and like gets in Vader's face. Right. Doesn't back down from him. Remember, it's like good. he chops his nipple off, Gorilla yeah. does. So <laughs> it, did the nipple come off there? Or like I always thought that like he snagged it on something, and that's how they know. got that shot for Raw magazine. Like the, I only knew about the nipple thing from that that Raw magazine where his eyes fucked up on the cover and yeah. they showed like other pictures. Yeah. Maybe the nipple always had problems. Yeah. But the Crazy thing is, is he attacks Gorilla Monsoon. No! No! That's Gorilla Monsoon in there! That's the president of the World Wrestling Federation! And then Gorilla gets uh, splashed, gets attacked, and they suspend Vader and Kayfabe for six weeks. Now, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Strong debut at the Royal Rumble, right, Quinn? Right. Strong showing the next night, big angle. Mm-hmm. He was injured and he needed shoulder surgery to begin with. So okay. they debuted him and then they did the angle to write him off for six right. weeks. So and he this, immediately use, loses steam. I've heard a interview with Big Leon over here yeah. about this. And he thinks at the time, it, he didn't blame WWF for like using him right away. Right. But he actually personally felt bad 
yeah. because he'd never been hurt before. Right. And he had said, he's like, I wanted to like show them how much I could do for them. Right. And then I come in and I have to get shoulder surgery, which I had already told them that I had to get. But like, correct. I felt I could have been used better if they just delayed my entrance by like six months or something. That's, that's like, the that, thing. That's all he, that's what he said. They wanted to pop a buy right and get, you know, some interest in the Royal Rumble. I understand. He it, didn't but... argue with why they wanted to. Do, yeah. he, he's like, I understood why they right. wanted to use me right away. I just think in the long run, it would have been better. Oh, it would have been better. He, for he's him. such a nice guy. He doesn't blame them or anything. He's great in that yeah. shoot. I know the one you're yeah. talking about. He's really, really yeah. kind about everything in that one. Right. So anyway, this is the problem. They they use him okay in 96. I'm not going to lie. They get him back. He feuds with uh with like Yoko and stuff. The forklift. We all remember that. He looks yeah. strong. Vader always looks strong oh, yeah. throughout all 96. Of 96, it's like he's never treated like crap. Right. right. So you would think... Okay, Joe and Quinn, why the hell are you talking about right. how this is crappy or whatever? Well, he just, he, he destroys like a Razor Ramon at Razor's last pay-per-view right in April 96. He works his way to a world title shot against Shawn Michaels. Now, Shawn Michaels within the SummerSlam match. Mm-hmm. Don't go making excuses for him now, Quinn. Within the th- SummerSlam match, right. noticeably has like a hissy with Vader for Vader, missing a yeah. spot. So Vader, yeah, Vader messes up a he spot. He did mess up a spot. I'll age. give him that. It's HBK's reaction, which is the problem. It's not that Vader like didn't mess up because he, he did. He did. He, but he that did happens. mess up. It's just Sean like, which is you know what was always weird about that to me is I've never seen ever throughout Sean's entire career him like throw a hissy mid match like about yeah, a spot. Me neither. That so. I don't know what the fuck was going on. Well, it was just a high profile, like slip up, losing your temper kind of thing. And and in the main event of the second biggest pay-per-view exactly. and Sean carrying, and it's not Sean's fault. The the pressures of being champion while Hulk Hogan, Hall and Nash are on the other channel. I get it. I don't even think like Vader, like again, isn't even mad about that. Because he's he's like, I messed up. Like he had every right to be mad. It's just that Sean fucked up because he shouldn't have have done that. So it was this big conglomeration of both sides screwing up. Right. Uh, Vader's very gracious about it in that yeah. interview. He really is. There was a spot where he came off the top rope and was going to drop an elbow, and I was supposed to move, and I didn't. I forgot. And, hey, he let me know, and we went on. The plans from all, by everything that I know, is that Sean was supposed to drop the title to Vader at Survivor Series. Right. Hence, the name of the December pay-per-view, which had already been promoted and marketed as and, and set in yep. as It's Time, right? right? Which I love that pay-per-view, by the way. So essentially, yeah. So <laughs> essentially, Vader would have been in the spot that Sid ended up in, which is winning the title from Sean at Survivor Series, defending right. against Brett at It's mm-hmm. Time, and so on and so forth. For political reasons, I don't know the ins and outs. One way or another, someone decided, probably due to the click's influence, right. maybe Vince just didn't like it, to pull Vader from that spot. Might have even been, fr- yeah, it might have even been from the botch, triggering off a series of events, whatever. There's probably, yeah. knowing 1996 Shawn Michaels, though, I'm sure yeah. he said more than his piece to Vince McMahon about working right. with Vader. Here's the thing, though. And he the- is the champion, so that carries some weight. Right. Here's the thing, though, and it's not even defending Shawn, it's just in the long run, even if, for example, like they said, let's have Vader win the title, it's time. It wouldn't have I- changed the... It wouldn't have changed Flow the trajectory, the no. and I don't think he would have been champion long because the the title was a hot potato between like like January of ninety seven to, uh, to WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is he would have lost it presumably to Sean again at the Alamo Dome anyway, the way Sid did. Right, would have been a two month reign. 
So is it that big of a loss? No. In the for end? Vader, yeah. no. Yeah. Um, other than you can now call him former WWF champion, but right. that's fine. He's, but, he had the WCW title. It's not like he's no, a nobody. So there, Sean probably has a little hand in what happened with Vader's right. push there. But nevertheless, Vader recovers because his 97 for the first six months or so is tremendous, Quinn. Yeah. He ditches Cornette. Good. And like unfathomably, like Paul Bear winds up being like the saving grace of his like 97. <laughs> that whole like where Paul it's Bear good. took on Mankind <laughs> yeah. and Vader was like amazing. It's like, so good. It's, it's like it's stupid, but it's amazing. It's, right. And like Paul's like less Paul Bear. Remember he gets the red hair. Like, <laughs> he like he like stopped putting the dye it's in. It's so much better. Yeah. Vader Bob! The Vader Bomb has defeated the Undertaker. And the Vader has the renaissance at Final Four in February in mm-hmm. that four-way match with Mike, uh, with a uh, Brett Undertaker and Austin. Vader's amazing in that one. Yeah, and he's in a high-profile match with Mankind against the Tag Champs. And he uh, does the Shamrock angle, which I don't really like because it made Vader look a little weak. But mm. o- also, you have to put over Shamrock, right? Right. If you're going to pay all this money and bring the guy in, you got to put it's him true. over. Yeah. And I think basically what we're coming to here is Vader turns face in mid-97, feuds with Brett. You know, I don't like you, you fat slob. Remember that? Like, whole thing. Here we go. But you know what? I'm going to kick your ass. So this is like part of the downfall, right? It's not that Vader is bad. He's a good it's face, that, actually. People like him. It's that he starts lowering what he's doing. Like after he's out of that main event picture from early '97, yeah. he's never back in. No, he's always like messing around. Like you know, Brett's not even like the champion. I don't think Brett was. He? Yeah, but he didn't. Well, for most of it, he was. But it just Brett well, it wasn't, wasn't even treated as like the main thing anymore. Once, right. Once when Sean it, turned, it heel. wasn't like a mainline feud. No. That shit. The Patriot. Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But I will say one bright spot about Vader's face run is that match against Goldust at Rumble 98, mm-hmm. they are into Vader, man. So It was Vader this time. Is, this is the thing I want to say about Vader's run is that even when he's not like at his best. Which right, was all of his WWF run. But I'm saying not even at his best. I mean from like a how he's booked. Oh, yeah. Okay. Not booked at his best. Right. Vader performed very well. He um, did. As far as he did. in the ring, he and he was over, like you said. Yes, he was over it's consistently. It's just he wasn't doing anything important. Yes, right? and, and some people have that sour taste in their mouth saying, well, he should have been the champion. But I think even if he would have won the title, like we were saying, it would have been the Sid spot, which is cool. I mean, I, we have fond memories right. of the Sid spot. I could see it working with Vader. But, but that's about it, I becomes, think, they would have done. Right. What becomes even weirder down the line is that... It's like he starts to be more of this like veteran hoss or something like in ninety eight in ninety eight the Kane like, feud I'm a big late, fat piece of shit like Mark Henry and stuff yeah, he loses that feud like Henry right. beats him clean right and stuff and he's like putting Mark Henry over and other people that yeah. match is good by the way that match is great Vader versus no, Mark Henry it is no it's, it's really like good one of the early examples yeah. of like wait Mark Henry could be something and we all just wrote we him off all missed it yeah four elevation and one two and that'll do it he got him. As far as Vader's concerned, yeah, that's how he winds out. He has the first Kane match in February, gets hit with a wrench, comes back. Now, wait, 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 what? Remember Kane hit him with a wrench and broke his eye again. Oh, I thought you are saying some fan no, threw a wrench. Kane hit him with a wrench. <laughs> now, I want to mention something about 98 Vader. The office, and probably rightfully so, really wasn't happy with the shape he was in because, A, you don't want to fuck him liability, right? They did the same right. thing with Yoko. 
but also it affected his performance. He was fatter than he had been, and he was right. also older by now. He was almost 43 by this point. Yeah, I mean, he was, like we've seen in the Bret Hart documentary, too, he was already, like, planning to leave wrestling. Yeah, I'm developing a 100,000-square-foot real yeah. estate complex. This is one of my favorite clips. <laughs> I but, love it. Like, to me, the fact that they threw that in there exemplifies the fact that Big Leon was, like, he was looking for the door. Yeah. Like, by 98. He was in his 40s already. Yeah, I mean, that's not like, a spring chicken. Doing this. And, Big you guy. Know, let's, can I just say this, by the way, just on the side? It's not like Vader didn't get any push in the WF. Hell, they put him on Boy Meets World. Like, <laughs> a couple times. Twice. Twice. He, yep. And that yep. became like a recurring thing. Your pappy. I accept the fact that you don't want to be a wrestler like your pappy. And not only that, I mean, they put him in the main event of SummerSlam. They did his trajectory in 96. I guess we're winding it down here, right? His trajectory in 96 was good. It was when he hit that main event against Sean that things went a little sour. But again, they put him back in the main event scene in February 97. They give him a high-profile angle against Ken Shamrock. Whether you like it or not, it was still high-profile, right? Then they had him feud him with Brett, top guy. It's not that they didn't put him with good people to work with. Right. It's that Vader was a little older. Yep. Uh, And again, what? okay. What should they have done then? Should he have been a dominant heel world champion for a year? You know what I think that what we're coming to the conclusion here, Joe? The office, and you said certain things about the office, but I think on paper, yeah. they set Vader up to succeed. The problem yeah. is there was a few speed humps, but even those didn't take him down. Ultimately, like it seems like he was just getting older. Like I think yeah. that's really the bottom line here. It's not. It, it's as much as fans may perceive. Oh, they didn't push him here. They didn't push him. There. He wasn't. He wasn't like in his early thirties, like Shawn Michaels or like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even Brett Steve was Austin. younger. Like and Steve Austin was younger. Yeah. And, you know, mankind was younger and. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, I I understand people having a sour taste in their mouth about Vader's WWF run because he wasn't pushed as like the main guy. But once again, I mean, we're in a company and a, a period of time where you've got people like Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and The Undertaker, a lot of people, and they did try to mix Vader into and that. Also, the Yeah, they did, and also they tried to, WWF, you know, during that time said that we're focused on youth. Like, that was yeah. their main, like, company objective, yeah. right? Like, it's youth, youth, youth. Yeah. Even though all of it failed because everyone became too big for the company and left. Well, of course. <laughs> Mainly Austin and Rock, but... Now, I know that Vader wasn't happy doing jobs on his way out, and that's his prerogative. I get that. Right. You know, so that's why he left in October of 98 and went on to do a few other things before ultimately retiring. Uh, so I do think that it could have gone better. I don't think that, you know, they had the full potential with Vader. Right. But I think Vader has admitted, you know, if he maybe was younger or in a little bit better shape, he could have given them more as well. Yeah. I think that's part of it. I do think that Shawn Michaels might have leaned some influence towards pulling Vader from that push that he was getting. I agree. And I who agree. knows what that would have led to had he been the champion. And I bet you if you were to talk to um, old man Shawn Michaels, it'd be like, I fucked up. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the one thing I like about old man Shawn Michaels is he like much literally more forthcoming. He, yeah. he, and he takes and he takes responsibility for any fuck ups he ever he, did. Yeah, yeah. He's much more forthcoming than he ever was. Yeah, right? exactly. So I do think that, yeah, he could have had even a bigger push. I do agree with that. It would have been interesting to see him as world champion. But I don't think Vader was going to be the one to make or break business at that point. No. I think he was a very good addition to the roster. I agree. I have fond memories of his angles in 96 with Gorilla Monsoon, the Shawn Michaels stuff. I yep. really like the final four. The other thing is, there's I, yeah. some good stuff. And Vader is actually one of those guys that I see as like, 
maybe I didn't fully get invested when I was younger, but he's a great one when you look back at those old shows. Yes. He's like one of those like weird MVPs that yep. like he always performs the best he possibly can, whether you know he's injured or not. Yep. And he cuts a good promo and he was always over right. heel or yep. face. So yeah, I like Vader. Uh, it, 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 I guess to an extent, it's a shame maybe we didn't get like prime top heel Vader that we got in WCW. Yep. But you know, times change, people get older, things change, and circumstances aren't always ideal. But that was a good one, Tony, because yeah, people do wonder what went wrong with Vader. And folks, let us know what you think. What could they have done if he was in top form? What could have happened if he won the world title? Why didn't he maybe reach his full potential? Mm-hmm. Let us know. Do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group of Quinn when we come back. It is ranking time, and it's the worst feuds in wrestling. Two more names are coming out of the tank. We're going to see where they rank. It's the Royal Flush of Feuds, and that is coming up right after this. I believe my love for you is a love that April 28th, taking a severe and sharp downward spiral. Razor Ramon may soon cease to exist. Razor Ramon has made some very bad career choices by signing a contract to get in the ring April 28th and in your house with the most powerful force that's ever been unleashed on the World Wrestling Federation. And I promise you this, Razor Ramon, you're never going to forget April 28th. You're never going to forget in your house. You're never going to forget that the World Wrestling Federation assigned you the man they call Vader. Because by the time he's finished with you, the bad guy oozing machismo will be at Aunt B's in Mayberry at a quilting society meeting because he's got a single-minded purpose and path to the top and nobody's gonna stop him because I own him, operate him, and manipulate him. But even I can't fully control him. There's only one thing that remains to be answered. What time is it? And now, back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It's episode number 204 here on Monday, December the 21st, 2020. Michael? Yes. How are you? Hi. Doing all right? Yeah, I'm good. Can of Coca-Cola over there, ready Um, to roll here? I'm rocking and rolling. It's the real thing, you know. (laughs) <laughs> we'll is. see more of that real thing later find out about that later anyway folks what you can find out about is our patreon patreon.com slash ovp podcast like i mentioned real quick here folks if you like what we do and you want to hear more stuff go to patreon.com slash ovp podcast you will get every wwf pay-per-view review starting at the first wrestlemania up to tuesday in texas now and in a few weeks for uh, january royal rumble 92 you also get the 1983 canon which is a bi-weekly show we are watching WWF Championship Wrestling in order as we approach Hulkamania. Right now, we're in September of 83, and you can get a lot of the older ones on YouTube and on this podcast feed. The bottom line is this. We're not trying to get rich off of this. We don't have high aspirations, Quinn. None of that stuff. We really don't, and we're not trying to rip you off. It's if you like our show, you want to try it maybe for a month, give it a shot. If you sign up now, it'll charge you on January 1st. You'll have access right away. You get all of the extra content, and if you don't like it, then just cancel. Yeah. No penalty. There's nothing. Honestly, there's nothing to worry about here. So just so just try it out, okay? Patreon.com/slash OVP Podcast. We'd appreciate your support, and you'll appreciate. We think the extra content. Now, Michael. Yes. The Royal Flushed. Ooh. Yeah, the Royal Flush. This is the stinky one. 
all smelly <laughs> right. and stinky. Right. It's like a garbage dump. This is the <laughs> royal this, garbage dump. This is the redheaded stepchild to the royal rankings, which right. we did last week. Now, mm-hmm. if you're new to the show, folks, what is the royal rankings and the royal flush? Well, each season before the season starts on our Facebook group, we ask you, the fans, for a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. And for this season, it was feuds. Feuds in wrestling. That'll be fun, right? Feuds. 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 And what happens is you guys vote, and our chief statistician, Joe Merkel, takes all your votes. He compiles and puts them into two separate tanks. One for the best, one for the worst. And then every other week, we pull out names. We rank them two at a time. That way, by the end of the season, what you will have is the definitive OVP certified, ordained, baptized, non-GMO, USDA certified, organic, and healthy. Best and worst feuds of all time. Like I said, last week was the rankings. This week is week two of the flush, which is the worst, Quinn. So let's run them down real quick. There's only two on the board. Run them all down there. All right. Number one is the gang wars, which... That was great. <laughs> um, no, it wasn't. That's it the suck butt. That's the uh, DOA feuding with Los Bariquas and the nation, that whole conglomeration of yeah. 1997, right? Mostly just DOA and Los yeah, Bariquas. mostly. Because <laughs> yeah. the nation got out of there. Yeah. That's number one. That means the worst. And number two... <laughs> Hulk Hogan versus the Dungeon of Doom, which it's good. Guilty pleasures, it's man. Great. But I get why it's on the list. always votes it in. I know, but I, I, I hate understand. It. It's, it's like, wonderful. Like we said two weeks ago, it's not objectively good, but it's aware, I think, it's maybe aware that it's campy. I think so. Anyway, those are the two on there now. Two more coming in the tank. We're going to see where they rank. But before we do that, we got to go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is We're going to be hearing some comments from the mysterious Black Scorpion. Paul Bear's Undertaker, going to work on Ted DiBiase. Who's the boss now, boss man? You know, Lex, the whole world is going to find out that you sold out. You rest in peace, Undertaker. Let me tell you something, Farouk. You never fired me, punk, because I quit. You imposters are not going to regret the day you ever walked in the shadow of demolition! Ah, it's not hot! It's the Royal Flush. Oh, well, excuse me there. Okay, it's okay. not hot. It's Joe. not hot. That's the thing. Is, none of this is hot. None of this is hot. Now, Those folks, toilets are hotter <laughs> than this. You heard some real garbage in the uh, intro there, and maybe some of that garbage will be overflowing today. Did, we'll did see. Did you not lift the handle on the... I gotta, uh, dude, with this, we gotta the, get this fixed. Yeah. We have Teal Hopper around, maybe, yeah, can maybe. fix this. Maybe, he can handle it. <laughs> anyway. A, I like him a lot. He's great. Tony Anthony, tremendous talent. I like talent. the Teal Hopper character uh, upon further, like, retrospective. You do? Because he's really funny on commentary, like, in the beginning. I guess so. He's, it's, like, ridiculous. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, folks, you've heard the names. We got Gang Wars and Hogan versus the Dungeon of Doom. It, it's anyone's guess as to who's coming out next, right? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Well, come, on, get, come on down through the toilets. Let's go down to the fans here and find out who drew number three. Ain't that right, John Gonzalez? Off the resume, Undertaker! You finish! You finish, Undertaker! Uh, Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez, Michael. Oh, this was wonderful, huh? This, this was a feud so nice it uh, had two pay-per-view matches. Yeah, in I, and actually, like, it lasted from the Royal Rumble till like, <laughs> SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Yeah. I always think it went to Survivor Series, it but it didn't. No. That was because American Flag Code or whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> flag it was code. over by then. 
Uh, the Undertaker versus John Gonzalez infamous feud, obviously, and mm-hmm. it's listen, it's not the Undertaker's fault. No, <laughs> this, put is it an- that way. this is another like we say, like on paper, like in the office, they're like, oh well, you know, the big Undertaker, well, let's make him fight someone bigger than him, right? Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? That seems like it'd be a great idea. And there's this guy from WCW. Right. He's pretty tall. He, th- yeah, uh-huh. that's literally a good way to describe him. He's tall. Yeah, not good or anything. Now, he's he- just tall. Now, Giant Gonzalez here, right? He is he actually eight feet, or did they just say that? Are you really asking me this as a serious question? Like sometimes it's it's confusing because the way they would show him, like you would think. Well, maybe he actually is, Not right? Eight feet, Quinn. What is he? Seven, seven? I think or he's something? seven, seven. I don't even know yeah. if that's legit, but he was very fucking tall. Right. You can tell that by looking. Taller at him. than a normal human. Taller than Andre the Giant. Like a foot taller than the Undertaker. Yeah, pretty much. It was right? insane. He was. All right. So this feud started uh, as a result of the Undertaker Kamala feud. Unfortunately, no, <laughs> really. So that had started in the summer of '92. They have mm-hmm. their SummerSlam match where Undertaker. And Kamala face off short little match. Uh, Undertaker wins by DQ. Then they have the casket, or excuse me, coffin match at Survivor Series no, 92. Not, not casket no, yet. It wasn't because it had a lid and you have to hammer the thing it on. Hadn't, it hadn't different. evolved into no. the, 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 the <laughs> casket match of no. classic. Of lore. Yeah, of your lore. Both, actually. Yeah, your and lore. Both. No, it's both. And anyway, Undertaker wins that, and Harvey Whippleman, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Harvey Whippleman, and Kim Chi get very mad at Kamala for losing. Right. And they start berating him. And that leads to, we don't need to get into it, that leads to Slick and Bowling. Reverend, Reverend Slick handles it, don't he, worry. He gets involved. But Harvey is pissed, right? Right. He needs to get back at The Undertaker for like, winning, mm-hmm. I don't know. Reasons. Like, cares. Yeah. And uh, at the Royal Rumble, Undertaker's just minding his business in the 93 Rumble. Right. Right. And just minding his business, doing Undertaker shit. Yeah. Gonna win. Because he always wants to win the title back. Yeah. It's always <laughs> been like he's hunting. Right. right. He's trying to get it that he lost to Hogan. All the way yeah. in Tuesday in Texas. Yeah. And uh, he keeps getting interrupted. And this time, who wanders down with Harvey Whippleman but a very large man in a very bad, like, hair suit? Yes. Her suit? Yeah. <laughs> I look at all of this like from that Kamala to Giant Gonzalez. To me, this is like the growing pains of the Undertaker. It's like the we turned to face. Now what the fuck do we do with him? Like great point. Yeah, like because it's hard to garner sympathy for an undead zombie that always wins. Right. It is. It is. Now Hulk Hogan is a living zombie that always wins, so it's a little different here. But um. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. And so, like, it's weird because they took the Hogan approach, right? It's like, let's get all the fat people, the freaks, like, yeah, like yeah. And, uh, line them up against the Undertaker. You got to right? stack the odds against him. Otherwise, obviously, you know he's going to win. Right. You know? So, this is like version two of that attempt. Kamala was version one. And that stunk. It really yeah. did. That wasn't good. Um, right. <laughs> so, anyway, Jorge Gonzalez had been in uh, WCW as El Gigante. Now, he had worse attire there, arguably, like the pink tank top and yeah. the sports shorts. He generally carried midgets on his shoulder and, like, anything to make him look taller and, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Like, right. But, like, truthfully, he didn't look he, that much better in He WCW. was so kind and friendly <laughs> yeah, in WCW. Like, Hi, I'm friendly. <laughs> yeah, it, but, like, it, it's just very weird, right? Yes. He's a guy that should have been in the fucking oddities in WWF. Well, they had the the new version of him. Paula yeah. Silva was, like, literally the same thing. <laughs> but is also, like, a cuddlier version he is he's a little more cuddly but like paul is still the same deal bad sports attire can't wrestle <laughs> failed basketball player same thing as jorge it's literally the same thing they're both terrible now jorge seems like a really nice guy we've talked about him and um, everyone likes him he like, didn't ask to be a wrestler they like asked him and he's like, like holy shit he's really tall like why not right give it a shot right if you run in wcw 
WWF gives him a shot. He's dressed like a Sasquatch. I don't know. Anyway, the best part of his debut is Gorilla and Brain because Brain continually asks Gorilla, who is it? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I just had enough. Who is he? I don't know. Is that Randy Whippleman with him? That is Whippleman. It's weird also his attire like evolves from like you said Sasquatch like with the hairy and then yeah, they, but- <laughs> they take the hairy off but he's got this like painted hair. He's got paint. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, I see what they were going for in the original costume, but then when they take the hair off of it, then he just looks like a man in a painted body. Yeah. Like, it looks weirder. It looks worse. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, he eliminates The Undertaker rather handily, even though he wasn't in the official Royal Rumble. So this leads to a match at WrestleMania 9, which I, I like WrestleMania 9 to an extent, but... Why? We'll get there. We'll get to the review in 2021. Patreon. Okay. Patreon, folks. I, I don't mind it. Anyway. The match is butt. It, yeah. it stinks. There's an eagle or whatever that thing it's is. It's called a crow, actually. Crow, yeah. Eagle. And he's on the, the weird Roman thing. Yes. And uh, there's the chloroform, yes. which I truly think is a brilliant gimmick because it's why? just a... I'll tell you why. As a gimmick, I mean. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it was good here. Because it's just a fucking rag and the announcers have to sell it. <laughs> and Bobby's like, you can smell it from here! No, I think the Macho Man's more about the oh, smell. Oh, it stinks! Macho Man, <laughs> Macho Man sounds like he wants to fucking leave. Yeah. Like he's oh, like, get the fuck out of here. This stinks butt. I can smell it from here. And like New Jay, ah, it doesn't smell good, Bobby. Yeah. Football. And anyway, DQ win for the underwear taker. Short match, so obviously we gotta get this resolved. So we get all the promos where it's like, ah, you missed yeah. And all that stuff, and Harvey's like the worst manager ever to begin with. <laughs> like he stinks. I swear that he's only his manager because he's like the shortest manager. So they, well, <laughs> they, they, they like they just are like, who's the shortest? It's Harvey. Okay, he was a yes, but also I think he was actually his handler. Okay, and in, in real life too. It seems like something downtown Bruno would be doing. Any job, he was a gopher. He was anything WWF needed them to do. He right. did that. He, Even like his managing was over, and he was like in the company forever. Like, yeah, le- less dorky. Like, yeah, you know, like, you know ni- what I mean? Nicer like, beard. Like, yeah, like, like cool beard. Like off camera, Harvey just looks fairly normal. Yeah, like, ha! Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, his handler was Bill Alfonso. We inject Mr. Hughes into the storyline because fucking reasons. So now Hughes. Anything Mr. Hughes is involved in is bad. I know, and he's not that bad, but. I never got what they were going for with him. I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to. I have no idea. Uh, so they steal the urn, right? At King of the Ring era. And Paul Bearer goes missing. What? So we're gonna I don't even remember that part. That's okay. Yeah. And we get to SummerSlam. We're going to have a rest in peace match. Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez. Still no Paul Bearer to be seen. And Harvey's got the so urn. What does a rest in peace match entail? No DQ, no count out. That's all it is. <laughs> so it's just... It's a match it's with a no DQ. fight or yeah, something. Basically. Yeah, And that doesn't really come into play anyway. Yeah. But during the match, the big long anticipated rematch at SummerSlam 93, Paul Bearer makes his way down midway through Clotheslines Harvey Whippleman, takes back the urn, big pop, it's funny. Harvey Whippleman is going to go, he's going to take on, he charges, and look at that! He slipped, he lost his footing. Undertaker wins with like a beautiful flying clothesline. It's actually a better match than the WrestleMania 9 one. That's not saying much. But it's not saying too much. Yeah. And anyway, Harvey gets choke slammed at the end afterwards by Giant Gonzalez, who... They were going for the Andre Bobby thing from WrestleMania 6. But the difference here is that Harvey wasn't berating Giant Gonzalez. Like, you know how Bobby was like, I'm the fucking boss. I'm like, well, Harvey was innocent and Giant Gonzalez chokeslams him and gets cheered and leaves. And then he showed up in as like dressed like Fonzie that one time. Remember? 
I don't even remember. In the leather jacket? I, in my brain, <laughs> he's gone after that, he, like, after that thing, he loses he the Undertaker the second in. time. His last actual match was that Battle Royal for the IC title. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. He's in that. He quickly gets eliminated. We never see him again, thankfully. <laughs> now, that's the feud. So, do you think, let's talk about why we think it made it, and it's not hard to figure out why, but is it because they had two bad pay-per-view matches and it was just, there's no yeah. heat, no well, one really... I I truly think... And I'm not even going to sugarcoat it, sugarcoat it. Yeah. I think that people really hate that chloroform shit a lot. And like, oh, it's stupid. That, I, I said it was a good gimmick from like a booking standpoint. Like, it's I easy think that that always was a thing that it sticks out in that WrestleMania nine pay-per-view is like horrifying and dumb. Just yeah. shitty. They see that and they say, oh, this is the worst fucking feed. This is terrible. And it's also a Harvey Whippleman joint, which again, the guy is probably great. Look but, at his Bertha Faye work and you'll always yeah, like Yeah, that's his crowning achievement. Yeah. But they never gave him anything good. What did they give him? Well done? Yeah. They're good. I not mean, WWF. They gave him all Slicks people, right? That's it's the just, other thing. They, well, they gave him Warlord. Power and Glory were split up and, by and then. And Slick gone. was like the low tier manager. By 91, at, especially. After, after losing uh, Big Boss Man and yeah. Akeem. Yes. Yeah, they gave him Warlord. That wasn't good. They gave him uh, Nick Busick. I think they, they came in together. Big Bully Busick. Yeah. He never had anything good. Uh, the Kamala thing, 92 Kamala is not good Kamala in terms of booking and what they did with him. No. Uh, so that wasn't good. Here's the other thing. We were talking about how you have to garner sympathy on The Undertaker, right? And I get how they tried. Steal the urn, steal the power. Paul Bearer goes away. We've talked about, Quinn, how one of the things about what makes a match good in the context of like just the flow of a match is the heel being able to bump and right. being able to sell a comeback. Mm-hmm. Did, have you seen Giant Gonzalez bump ever? No. I mean, that wasn't really his M.O. He 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 sells like he's got a bug in his eye. Yeah. It's just, ah, you know, yeah. like he staggers a little. It's just, whoa. He could act goofy when he wanted to. But goofy isn't like what they should be going for with a I'm seven saying, foot guy. I'm saying when he like falls over and gets hit, he should act really goofy. Like I that's guess, part, that, I don't know. Because that's the best you can do with that. I guess if you're that size, right? Yeah, that's it, the best you can do. Because yeah. I mean, in real life, it doesn't look like anything hurts you. Even with True. Andre, it was always a stretch when he would fall on his ass or something like that. He's like actually hurt. Well, when he and we, when he was a face, he would try to play up ah, a yeah. little bit, right? Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, but there was just no way these matches were going to be great, of course, and yeah. they weren't. But again, I always talk about how well it doesn't. The match match doesn't always matter. But here's the thing. That's about all there was was the matches because the promos are bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? The promos aren't good either to carry They're probably in a box on superstars. Oh, yeah. The majority of them. And Harvey isn't, you know, ah, yeah, Undertaker at WrestleMania. You know, it's just Harvey's generic. The, Harvey's a big problem, too, because it's, yeah. it's, it's a little above his pay grade, <laughs> the, the, the on, an Undertaker feud. Let's <laughs> be real here. And, like, and, and, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. And '93 Undertaker wasn't exactly setting the world on fire. He was always over, but like Paul Barrett, like what are you gonna say? Like, oh, he will beat you. It's like, the, what it, do you say? It's the thing. It's like I said. It's the growing pains of Undertaker, right? It's this whole face run from about like. 90, 92 to 96. 92 to 96, where they they just keep trying to like figure out like how are we gonna use like we have this guy. He never loses his popularity throughout ever, the whole thing. Ever, Like, he's super popular. Like, people want their Undertaker merch, all the yeah, bullshit, no, right? Yeah, the gimmick was always he's, over. He's making money for them, right? Yes. But they can't capitalize on it because they can't figure out a pattern, like, a way to book him where, like, it's consistently successful. And it truly wasn't until Mick Foley, who, as Mankind, who was the first person to get heat on The Undertaker, not by gimmickry, 
Not by interference. Taking a beating. By just kicking his fucking ass and like and yeah. being the only guy that could actually like go toe-to-toe with him. The, but the other thing that they learned from that too is that you have to have the Undertaker. It doesn't necessarily have to be the biggest guy. It's the guy who can take the most punishment yes. and not go down. Right? Correct. Because that's the Undertaker's like fucking kryptonite right yes he can't, like he can't do like he doesn't take damage but even if he damages the guy it's not gonna like kill him either correct right that is finally what it took and mick was the perfect guy but a guy can how many big guys can you throw at undertaker that he just beats you know what right. i'm saying yeah. eventually it, it gets old so anyway that's what i think is wrong with it there's no meat on that bone there's just nothing to get invested in the thing is you could know. name you could name a million other Undertaker feuds that are just as bad as this like corporation and like Oh, King Kong Bundy, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, there's really nothing that good. Uh, and it's not the the Yoko feud is better because Yoko was at least the world champion. Yeah. There's more to get invested in. I guess. But no, then no, no, really. Undertaker and, turns into Marty Jannetty or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, there's just nothing good about it. I guess the bottom line to distill it into one sentence about this feud, Quinn, there's nothing good about it. It, it's just not good to me it's not the one thing i will say for ranking time it's not resoundingly bad it's just kind of like whatever yeah and, well, uh, yeah yeah we'll just see where it it's stacks not like up. it doesn't anger me this feud no no much. yeah same here i actually don't mind watching the matches i don't care either correct yeah all right that's undertaker gonzalez let's find out now who drew number four you know demolition there's an easy way out of every predicament. Oh, Quinn, your favorite. The LOD versus oh. Demolition. <sighs> wow, this made it, huh? I hate this feud. I think a lot of people do, apparently. It's so disappointing, Joe. Well, this, the last thing didn't make me mad. This makes me mad. Okay. And I get it. Yeah. Let's let's talk about why this should have been good. I'll do it real quick. This could have also been a what went wrong segment, yeah. but <laughs> we're covering it here, so that's fine. <sighs> All right. The Road Warriors, we all know, they got started around 83, 84. They made a big impact in the AWA and in the NWA in Japan. Mm -hmm. Very unique team for the time. Big, just hulking guys with the spikes and the face paint. The Mad Max look. The dystopian. Mad Max. Yes, like, dystopian. Yeah. Uh, just mean. They were heels, too, sometimes. Right. Mean beat, guys. Beat people in two seconds. Right. They the, were unstoppable. The Doomsday Device, great finisher. They were like Goldberg before Goldberg. Absolutely. They you were know, the tag team ta version of Goldberg. Tag team Goldberg. Absolutely. And they had a, a hell of a run and they deserve their reputation as one of the greatest teams of all time. Mm -hmm. So for any of you that think we hate the Road Warriors, we do not. We do not. Well, okay. Hate's a strong word. I dislike the Road Warriors. Quinn might hate the um the Legion of Doom version of them, like they stink. The, the the Red Spikes yeah. version. But one of the all time more remarkable teams of all time. If you're looking for work rate, don't look elsewhere. But if you're looking for spectacle, for being over, for presence, for investment from the fans. Mm -hmm. The Road Warriors were it, man. So I think much. what's important about the Road Warriors and what you were just going to say is how many imitations they spawned. Well, that's the thing. Their first one that I know of, I'm sure there were other smaller time ones, was the Powers of Pain. Right. But that was a deliberate like feud. Let's have them feud with people that look right, like that. Even in, in NWA. In NWA, yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, Vince McMahon, obviously people are taking note of this on the WWF side, and you can't blame them. Because the WWF, while they don't have the Legion of Doom, they actually do have a very successful um, money-making, drawing fans, able to headline the B-shows. 
tag division. Yes, they do. You, we're talking about the Hart Foundation. Right. We're talking about the British Bulldogs. We're talking about Killer Bees at the th- Killer like, Bees at a certain point. Yes, yeah. the Rougeau brothers. They had a lot of tag teams around eighty six. And they were all putting these great matches, main events on on the B on show. B or C. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dream Team, another team that yeah. was over and, and drew money and stuff. Uh, Sheik and Volkov even were still a draw back then. Yeah, because it was, what if we combine the two most yeah. hated countries yeah. and people <laughs> wanted to see them get their asses whipped? That's the eighties for yeah. you, man. That's Ronald Reagan for you. They decide, you know what, let's do our own version of it, inspired by, it wasn't a direct ripoff, but it was inspired by, right? And also like a Mad Max look. Right. And this was Bill Eady, who we have covered uh, on various uh, sources, including the 83 canon, including on this show, and the pay-per-view reviews. Bill Eady is tremendous. What a, what a worker. Uh, we're not I being like facetious. Yeah. And a great talker. Yeah. <laughs> He's just good at everything. The only thing going against him is that he was old, even in like the eighties. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. So it was kind of like it's, it's like okay, we're picking a veteran here, so this this team's not going to have too much time, right? Right. Yeah. right. And they pair him up with a uh, Randy Colley, Moondog Rex as Demolition. You guys know this. I'm just giving you the background real quick, okay? Mm-hmm. That doesn't last long because people recognize that it's Rex, and they change it to it's Barry like Darso. Two months or so. It's not even that. Maybe a month. Yeah, a couple a of month, weeks. Yeah. So they switch over to Barry Darso, who had come in from the NWA, Crusher Khrushchev, who was a young guy. Yes, um, and yes. He, and he had some success in the lower mid card in NWA. If you've yeah. seen any of his stuff, it's as, good. As Crusher, not like you know, not blow you away, but you could look at him and say that guy's a clean slate. We can make he do, he does all the right things. He's good at what he does. Good talker. We can, we can give him something, right? Yep, yep. And they did. And now the difference between Demolition now, who have the leather, you know, the kind of like S and M, you know, people saying the face paint. The difference between Demolition and Road Warriors is that in terms of just looking at them, Road Warriors are. Big, massive, hulking guys that will kill you quickly. Demolition is more of like, they're burly. They're not huge. And they will wear you down and beat the shit out of you. It's a little different, right? So, one of the things I like that they did with Demolition to really dress up the fact that they weren't the biggest, tallest, strongest people. Yes. Is two things. They gave them those, like, masks or whatever. The hockey mask painted black. The hockey mask painted back so they look like Jason or some shit, Mm -hmm. right? And second, they would always film them, like, if you ever noticed, they would always film them, like, from the bottom. A little bit. Yeah, a little, a little like, tilt, a, right? A little tilt. So when they would come out, they would kind of, they would do, they would stand like they were giants or uh-huh. something. And, like, they have these masks and they look really imposing. They looked I, awesome, their entrance, right. yeah. So they come out and you wouldn't even notice that they sometimes were shorter than their opponents. Like, right. you'd, you'd just be like, whoa, those guys look, they're tough dudes. They could kick some ass, right? <laughs> exactly. It's like, nobody, who's going to fuck with them, yep. right? And I think Fuji added to their mystique. I think that was a great pairing. Yeah, because it, it all it started adding like karate or something to it, even it though they never added, did it. But it did that didn't matter, right? Like just people added the Fujiness to it. Right. People like it's just it's what Fuji's really good at. That was actually a good pairing. It's always yeah. like it, just his presence makes you think, oh, these guys might, you know, they might be agile or something. You know, right. they might know some extra shit. Hell of a lot better than having Johnny V with them and, you know, dorking it up, you know? Yeah. Oh my God! If they kept Johnny V with him, but they wouldn't have been the tag champions. No, I don't think. they wouldn't have gotten over enough. But anywho, finally we hit 1990. We all know that 1990 WrestleMania six demolition at their apex, like their real last hurrah, win the tag titles from the Colostomy Connection. Right after a very successful run, we went. Yeah, obviously we kind of we're skipping. Brushed, you guys know it. Brushed, we brushed it, it and we brushed it. Yeah, <laughs> and the Road Warriors were winding down what they were doing, and they come over to the WWF in June. I think they signed June of 90. Legion of Doom making their debut here on Wrestling Challenge. Demolition, right at, like, pretty much right after WrestleMania, right. for various reasons, start to be, like, tweener-ish. Right. And they feud with, like, 
And which is cool. I like it. The Heart Foundation and the Rockers. Yeah. Like, they're all faces, yeah, but everyone's, everyone's going like mad. after their belts. That's all it is. And after the three P, right? Yep. And then shortly thereafter, due to <laughs> shellfish <sighs> concerns and Axe wanting to wind it down, like various reasons that we don't right. need to get into, they bring in Crush as their third member. Mm. So already going into this feud, Demolition is weakened. Yes, like right? immediately. Before anytime, the LOD is there. Anytime you inject Crush. Ugh. Hey, he he's already on the list. Gang wars. <laughs> he is. You inject crush into something, you're you're ruining it. Now he had the look, but that's about it back yep. then. In ninety, especially, not a good talker. So, We've said it. He sounds like he was reading lines on his promos. They, yeah, it's just like he's like Bill Eady. Tell me what to do. Yeah, you know, it's sad. But anyway, uh, we wind up to SummerSlam, right? That's the big gear. The Hard Foundation. They're getting their big title shot against the Demolition, and the whole stupid thing is like, which two is it going to be? It's always fucking mm-hmm. uh, Smash and Crush anyway. And anyway, we have that big match against the Hard Foundation. The LOD had already been around, right? right? Demolition being like, oh, they're imposters, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> which so is they, funny. Which is in their, like, canon, it's not wrong. In WWF canon. Yes. Correct. They're, they're like, who are these right, buttholes? Right. Like, they're trying to be us. It's obviously a wink at the people that know. It, but to the right. kids that don't, it's kind of funny. For ki- Yeah, for kids who are WWF fans, it's like, yeah. seriously, like, what the fuck? Right, like, right. You know what I mean? So... They walk down at SummerSlam 90. They pull Axe out from under the ring. Mm-hmm. And then the Hart Foundation wins. And now the heat transfers from Demolition to LOD. And now, Quinn, here's the problem, okay? Between the summer and the winter, I guess, the onset of the winter of 1990 going into 91, right. there is nary a, sing- a good two-on-two match to be found between the original members of Demolition Right. And the Legion of Doom. Well, we ha- I, it, it, was there even anything where Axe was involved? I think... There may have been one, and I literally mean one. And folks, let what me was know. was that on a house show or something? Well, yeah, they were all house shows. Yeah. You guys let me know because I don't have it in front of me right now. But There's, I think there it, was one where like Axe had the sub for Crush or something. There's your big problem. Well, right. Yeah. Most of the matches, and these are all pretty much house show matches to begin with, are Crush and Smash against the <sighs> Legion of Doom. Terrible. So, After all these years of like waiting. Yeah, because right? yeah. this is the late 90 by now. It's yeah. been years, right? It's been almost four years since Demolition came on the scene. Not only that, they would sometimes do the three-man version of Demolition, mm-hmm. and then the Warrior, we talked about this last week with the Warrior as WWF champion, the Warrior would hop in with the, the LOD. Warrior with the Road Warriors. Which, a lot of Warriors. Listen, the face team there is a very over and impressive right. team, right? But Demolition, like Crush doesn't make Demolition <laughs> right. better. He's that's been there the six months. Warrior makes the Road Warriors Oh, better, yeah, no, right? that's a hot team. But de- but Crush, he's a piece of shit. Right. right? So. And they extend that to Survivor Series 90, right, mm-hmm. where they do the old Warriors, Kerry Von Erich, the modern-day Warrior, yep. and the Ultimate Warrior and the Road Warriors take on all three Demolition, Fluffy Hair, Axe, yep, obviously. I was just going to say, Fluffy Axe. <laughs> and that's the, his last the, match. The, there you go. More like making Axe crappy. Yeah, and that's it for him. That's his actual last WWF match. So what went wrong here is some things completely out of people's control, to be yep. fair. Like the shellfish. Yeah, and that is real. I mean, Axe has talked about it. Uh, it's been confirmed. He really did have an allergic reaction. That like must a have... severe, like, yes. almost like he almost died yes. kind of reaction. And that must have been right after... You know how they went over to Japan like right after WrestleMania 6? Right. They had that Egg Dome show where Warrior took on DiBiase. Isn't that like when it happened? Like, yeah. On the, they were like, he wasn't even home like, when no, it happened. No, he was in he Japan. Was, like, he like, had to call his wife. He was like really scared. It was really... Yeah, it, it was, was actually a, a scare. That's not why he left, obviously. He left because he thought he was going to become an... He wanted to be a backstage guy. Something didn't work out. Money. Yeah. So it's they usually get merged into one thing, but 
really the reason Crush was brought on was to be a backup for Axe. But that destroyed the feud itself because yes. now you have crappy Crush who really isn't a demolition right. person. No. Like he's not. And then they like get Master Fuji to try to like Ugh. puff it up. And but, the bad music. Right, the bad music. <laughs> so here's my big problem with the Master Fuji thing. Well, yes, it worked in the 80s. The problem is, is the way they like broke up. Yeah. It made you be like, why would they trust him? Like, I you know, know what I mean? Like, it I doesn't know. even make any... Like, he li- turned on them. He literally turned on them, not the other way around. Yes. It'd be one thing if they, like, changed their minds. I know. Like, you know what I mean? I it was like, now we like Master Fuji. But instead, it's like, no, Fuji turned on them. And Fuji doesn't ever change his mind. No. Fu- Fuji is Fuji. He's yeah. always Fuji. Yeah. The feud sucked. Plain right. and simple. And again, we were describing the various reasons why. The axe thing crush being a thing mm-hmm. the fact that they never had and just didn't have a chance to because of the way things are scheduled yeah. there was never a pay-per-view match except for the survivor series thing there's house shows but there was never that one axe and smash versus hawk and animal match and can you imagine quinn if somehow the lod had come in in like 89 instead it would have been better Imagine yeah, if they had the height. powers of pain spot. Yes. Holy shit, would, have would that have been good? So this, to me, is the main reason it's on the list, is disappointment, not as much as, like... Yeah. It wasn't on paper bad, the feud, necessarily. Like, they fought each other a bunch on the house show circuit. Yes. You know, they, they brought they did, the world champion into inter- it. They interacted. They did all the... They hit all the check marks. It's yeah. just, like, it stunk. Like, yeah. it just wasn't good, because mainly crush. Yeah, and it's not like you want to blame Brian Adams the man but it's just the existence of the Crush character. In this, this you know? is one of those instances where I can't blame Crush for making it worse because he was just green. He was just there, yeah. He was there I mean, to, like, they were there to, like, help him move along in his career. The times I blame Crush is later when he should know better and yeah. be better, <laughs> yeah. and he isn't. And he's just not. Yeah, right. this this Crush version is actually not Crush's fault, per se. No, it's not. But it's but later, things are Crush's fault. So. I mean, if, if you think about it, Quinn, if they're faced with a decision of either Axe isn't on TV and there's just no demolition, it's just Smash, or they get a replacement, right? you go with the replacement. I do understand that, as hokey as it was. So, yeah, this feud isn't good, though. No. Nope. But again, it's part of it is, most of it is really just out of their control. I agree. If nope. Axe couldn't wrestle full-time or didn't want to or they didn't want him to, then yeah, you're going to get Smash and Crush. There was also, wasn't there stuff about Axe wanting to, like, own the demolition gimmick and then that's why he got, like, Part of why he Buster lost his... Buster or whatever his name was. But you said Buster? Oh, that's that's amazing. Name? Blast? Blast. Buster's better, though. Yeah. Buster. Yeah. Axe and Buster. Yeah. Axe Buster! Axe Buster! Anyway. And yeah, the fact that the feud fell after SummerSlam, which is a big pay-per-view, mm-hmm. and before Survivor Series, which is a big pay-per-view, what are they going to do? Invent a pay-per-view to put a match on? I mean, did they even do Saturday Night's main event? These two? I yeah. don't I don't... Maybe? The October? There's an October Possibly. Saturday Night's main event, right? The thing is, is if there's any place to do that as a marquee match, it would have been that October of 90 Saturday Night's Main Event. They did do a variation of a Quinn, October yeah. of 90. The Warrior and the Legion of Doom versus all three. Okay. So, I mean, I get it. Again, I get, that, that's what you're talking about. I guess the they're warrior. trying yeah. to put the Warrior, you know, pop the buyer with the Warrior. Mm-hmm. But, eh, the feud is just poop. It's poor. And it's not really anyone's fault, just timing and circumstances, right? I, is that the... I agree. Okay. Is it ranking time? It's ranking time. All right. Quick rundown, folks. Refresh your memory. Gang Wars, number one. Hogan versus Dungeon, number two. Now, is that Gang Wars with a Z? Yes, it's Russo era, bro. Where do you think that Giant Gonzalez Undertaker fits in? Is it worse than Hogan Dungeon? Mm -hmm. I mean, in all seriousness. Is it worse? It only took up two pay-per-view matches. 
Yeah, but Hogan vs. Dungeon, I like. Well, okay, let me ask you a question. Here, <laughs> no, here's... If, I, if I'm not using my personal opinion, then I guess it's worse. No, I don't know if it is. <laughs> Listen, which vignettes are more entertaining? The Hogan vs. Dungeon of Doom. Okay. I think that right there, because the matches with Gonzalez Undertaker, they stink. <laughs> yeah, but There's I mean, no defending the matches. They're just like random matches in the middle of a pay-per-view. Yeah, the, they're bad. They're, they're not even like... Chloroform. They're not even main event. They're just like... Good. They're like in the middle of the show. Well, yeah, Hogan Doom is main event. Yeah. Is Hogan mm. Do- does Look, that make it worse? Or it, does it make it better because we like it? Like, you know what It's I mean? like all of WCW's 95, like into 96. It's so beautiful, Joe. There's, there's uh, also Vader, though, to be fair. Like, Hogan's feeding with Vader. It's not the entire time. Hogan vs. Dungeon of Doom makes those Saturday nights even more fun, too, because it's well, referred to, well, yeah. like, a lot. In the pre-Nitro era... Where they were just really being WWF Junior for a while and really hoking it up. It's great when you don't have WWF regular True. doing good. Well, because, yeah, change the channel. It's not that great over there either. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'd rather go to this colorful shit. Yeah, like the Barry Dedinsky era of WWF yeah. with Isaac Yankum and shit and Aldo Montoya. It's not good you either. You see the money, like, dripping out of the company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> Flying out of the windows of the aircraft hangar. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not good. Um, I don't know, Quinn. Undertaker Gonzalez was January to August. The promos are all bad. Mm-hmm. The chloroform, the WrestleMania match out of it, right? Yeah. The DQ finish. I personally don't mind the rest in peace match as much. I kind of like it. I don't mind. Most you don't mind of, any of it? I don't mind most of this. This is a feud where it's like. It really it, doesn't bother you, right? It doesn't bother me because it's not very disruptive overall. It's not. I'm not saying it's good. No, like, it's not. It's not good, but it's like one of those things that. And it takes up like five minutes in the middle of a pay-per-view or whatever. Yeah. Especially the one with the chloroform, because that's like really quick. Yeah, it's like three minutes that yeah. match, thankfully. I don't know. It's like not as disruptive, but, 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 I could see as a fan watching at the time, because I didn't watch in 1993, like at the time. Yeah, I didn't either. It could probably be very fucking annoying, especially coming off 1992 and 91 with The Undertaker, you're where right. you're like, what the fuck? It's like, yeah. it's again our frustration, like how the Million Dollar Corporation Ugh. versus The Undertaker thing. It's God. like, why is The Undertaker just wasting his time? Yeah, we saw that. Yeah. That stunk, This right? is like the same concept. Why yeah. is The Undertaker just wasting his time? That's like four years of his career, is yeah. why is he wasting his time? Well, what do you think then? Is John Gonzalez Undertaker better or worse than Hogan versus Dungeon and Doom? Um, it's probably worse, worse to me personally. I don't know. Is it because at least Hogan versus Dungeon is entertaining? Yes. That's the main problem for me. That's like why I can't say that it's better. You know what I mean? Okay. I can go with you on that just purely because of the ironic, like kitschy entertainment value of Hogan versus Dungeon. It's true. I I don't know what to tell you guys. Like, (laughs) I know you want me to like uh, Hogan versus Dungeon should be terrible and all fucked up but i it's just not, i can't personally like say that I, I again we've said it before it's objectively it's very bad and i agree that it should be on the list right but if you look back at it it didn't hurt wcw in fact they <laughs> built them up to like when they got to nitro it's like, like yeah it didn't hurt them yeah they were competing with wwf when this was going on like kids liked it yeah like, and and again it wasn't the only thing Hogan did right. in 95. I mean, he also feuded with Vader. Then Vader, like, helped him later. Right. It, it's real in, like, September. Mm-hmm. Anyway, 
Anyway, I'm okay, I think that's good. So uh, but, it's not. It's Game Wars sucks, but I'm not saying well, that's that's way worse than Giant Gonzalez versus Undertaker, and that goes on for like a hundred years. That, that's going to be the reason I said there's so many matches with the Gang Wars thing. I feel like it's on every Raw in some permutation. It's so bad, no one gives a shit after like the first two weeks. <laughs> no one cares after the car thing. Yeah, like, that's, that's the last time it matters. Right, and that's like in the first like literally like a week after the they break up right the, the the original nation yes and i'm sure there's better matches you know with star ratings and stuff but here's the thing no one cares no one cares about the game like it's at so least, bad at least gonzalez versus undertaker gave us the chloroform and the crow and the pole bearer return at SummerSlam and the clothesline of harvey and all that i remember all those things fondly Gang War, what's good? Tell me what's good. Gang Wars, even at like WrestleMania, I can't even remember. They weren't. Like, they weren't even at it. It was in probably in the Battle Royal. Wait, wait, wait. Is on that the pre-show? <laughs> oh my god! You know what's so bad about what just happened with my memory there? Yeah, I was equating that weird thing where like Legion of Doom was with Ahmed Johnson against the Nation Don't as bring part it up. of the Gang Wars. No, that's the Nation. But it wasn't. Yeah, no, it's J.C. Ice and Wolfie D. But era. That's, that's also because, like, wasn't WrestleMania 13, or there was, like, some pay-per-view, a Survivor Series Gang Wars, or... There's a lot, I, there's too many Gang Wars. What am I thinking of? I like, don't know. There's, like, one pay-per-view where there's, like, a, like, the logo of it is the side of a fucking, like, those things they, <laughs> those things they put over like a store, and it says "Gang Wars" on it. Is it like Survivor Series or something? Survivor Series Gang Wars, ninety seven. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible, <laughs> terrible Just artwork. Too much Gang Wars. Yes, it stays at number one. It sucks. No one cared. Yeah. Okay. And now Quinn, LOD versus the demos. That's, this is so disappointing to me. I know. This I, is so annoying. This is kind of why I like that it, it doubles as a what went wrong. You know yeah. what I mean? Because we're looking at it. I hate it. And it's, I know, me too. But again, we look at it. It's not the LOD's fault. Right. It's not even really the WWF's fault. No. They couldn't have acts or he didn't want to wrestle full time. You got the SummerSlam thing was already booked, right? The hearts versus the demolition. So you had right. to do that. And you're building that since six. Right. And then at Survivor Series, it's 1990, so there's no non-Survivor Series matches. It's also at Survivor, Survivor Series. Series 1990, which automatically <laughs> makes it crappy. Right, well, Undertaker, that's about it. Yeah. Um, but other than that, the whole show that, is terrible. Yeah, it's really not very. It's good. It's also Survivor Series in general. Yeah. Yes. So they did at least do a Saturday Night's Main Event match. We saw. But it obviously they injected Ultimate Warrior because they had three members of Demo. It's just bad. But is it? It's like not even. Okay, it's worse than Hogan versus Dungeon How? of Doom. Because it's such a letdown. I never felt like let down with Hogan versus Dungeon of Doom. That to me, a letdown is such a strong, like, bad feeling in wrestling to me personally. I don't know about you. No, I like, agree with you. Like to me, that can make something much worse than something that's technically on paper worse than it. We used to call it Quinn uh, when we did Rushmore and Death Valley the disappointment factor. Yes, the Remember? disappointment factor. It's very strong with this one. Yeah, that's true. There's no disappointment factor with the Hogan versus Dungeon. Like, if I know you expect- exactly what I'm getting yeah, with the Hogan versus Dungeon. I was just going to say, if you're sitting down with your notebook and hoping yeah. to write out a lot of stars watching the fucking Jeep Swenson thing, <laughs> you're fucking stupid. Even, let's put it this you're way. You're stupid. Even in 1995, I knew exactly what I was getting with yes, the Dungeon that's of what Doom. I, mean. you- I wasn't even like, I wasn't like old enough to really have a disappointment factor. You expected good matches out of 1995 Kamala? Yes, exactly. I knew they were absolutely honest with right. what they were presenting <laughs> right. with Hogan versus Dungeon of Doom. No pretenses there, man. Yeah. This is for the kids. It's like Hector Guerrero. This is for the kids. Yeah. This is a good idea. This Fuck is you. comic book crap. Yes. It's horrible and I yeah. love it. 
<laughs> I, the disappointment factor alone puts it at number three. Fine. But here's the thing. It's not I worse than Gonzalez. It's, it's, it's not worse no. than Gonzalez. No, Undertaker, it's not. So. Because yeah. it didn't even get to... It's it's like... It didn't L- even get to the point to nothing. be that bad. Yeah. LOD versus the demos is yeah. barely anything. And Literally, the disappointment factor carries it, and that's all you can say. I agree with you. Yeah. It's nothing. Yeah. It's almost nothing. So mm-hmm. it can't be worse than Gonzalez Undertaker, which Every is something. Every single time I would watch this on the tape, sometimes I'd like watch it in order, hoping I'd catch something. Like, or, there's nothing. Like, maybe there's some secret thing on Coliseum no. video or something. There's I, not. I, I would just always look for this to be better. It's never, it's never yeah. better. That's the problem with it. It stinks. Okay, so we'll settle it in there at number three. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're finalizing. Yeah, that's it, right? That's it. We got it. All right, folks. So for week number two here at number one, we still have the Gang Wars. Number two, we have Giant Gonzalez versus Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Newcomer here. Number three, we have LOD versus Demolition. Mm. It's not even a feud. It stinks. It stinks. And number four, I, you really want it to go to the bottom, don't you? I love, I love this so much. Hogan versus Dungeon to do it, folks. It's that, great. <laughs> that's what we got on there right now. Let us know what you think. If you agree, fine. If you disagree, let us know why. You can do that on Twitter. You could join the group or you could shoot us an email. But Quinn, when we come back, a palate cleanser of sorts is in order from last week's horrendous review. Speaking of great. Let's yeah. get into the extreme side of wrestling. It's ECW and it'll be coming up right after this. Hello. Here we all are. Yeah, or anybody else that gets in the ring. So if there's any Undertaker fans out here or anywhere watching this broadcast, <laughs> you better get down to WrestleMania. You better watch it on pay-per-view because that will be the final appearance Absolutely. of the Undertaker. I promise. Well, I- Hello, wrestling fans. It's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling, kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF. It might be WCW. It could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about booking the territory and Greetings from Allentown. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. Michael, it's episode 204. Yes, it is. And thankfully, we are reviewing something that, like we said, it was a reprieve. It was a palate cleanser from last week's horrendous Winnipeg wrestling shit. (laughs) Thanks, Richard! This one was something that I, like, just wanted to do. Yeah. Like, you you were like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to do ECW. I want to do good ECW. I don't want to... Right. around here. That's right. And we asked Richard, so that way we both kind of were surprised. We said, asked Richard to pick one from early 95. Mm-hmm. He did. He delivered in this case. Uh, this is going to be ECW Hardcore TV from January 31st, 95. Now, ECW, we don't do too much of. We do it occasionally. I wish we did it more because here's the thing is it's consistently good at certain periods of time. Certain periods, yeah. Um, this is one of those periods. This is like, we're in like the hot streak right That's now. That's the thing. It's, it's like, it's from that, that like tournament where Shane Douglas throws the belt yeah. down to like 
like 97. 96 or something? 97, I'd say. Oh, well, you'd go that far. I liked okay, it up yeah. to 97. I kind of even liked them into 98. The day-to-day shit on the show, because it's all they have, they don't have pay-per-view, is so good. Oh, yeah. Like, no, no, no. It, it's like they just bring their egg. Every time you turn this show on, it's like, oh, it's all our best guys yeah. versus fighting each other. Yeah. It's like it's never like crap. There's, right. no, there's no bullshit on no. the show. And a brief refresher here, just on ECW, obviously it started uh, is Eastern Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Stately Wayne Manor and Dick Graham did some commentary on the original tapings. And that was poor. It was very horrible. In fact, one of those has like the worst matches ever yes, on it. Yeah. Correct. And by the way, Eddie Gilbert was booking the territory. Right. <laughs> no pun intended from dis- Mills. Yeah, but then a disgruntled Paul Heyman who just left WCW yep. is like, I want to go to this and make it good. He comes in, he's Paulie Dangerously as right. a character, and then when uh, Eddie Gilbert leaves in September of 93, Paul takes the book. Thank goodness. Yep, and uh, eventually owns it in 97, but that's not important. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like Quinn was saying, in the summer of 94 is the corner turner for ECW. They not only become extreme championship wrestling... But the whole, just the week to week becomes very, very different right. than anything that was going on in wrestling at the time. Now, every week just feels like they're trying something new and it's like, it's clicking too. On well, top yeah. of it. It's not even like trying something new and it sucks. It's trying something new and every week it works. It's shaken out a lot of the more earlier awkwardness, you know, from earlier in 94. Yeah, but I want to say this about like, even up to this point, there's still some of the, some of those early guys are still lurking around. Still even there. But, but and I always thought the underrated thing that ECW did with its um, legacy characters from the crappy era yes. is that it actually, like, Paul used them properly to build up his, like, his the people well, that came in. And a credit to Paul Heyman, you just nailed it with his overall gestalt Shut up. of uh, ECW is he used people properly. Right. That's why they were as successful, more successful than they had any right being. Right. Was because Paul Heyman in the mid 90s was at the height of writing characters and booking characters and things like that. He's tremendous here and he, he really is. He was a hot hand at this point. He it's was. Like, he was like a baseball player on a streak. He, like a seriously. Hit, like, like, it, it, but like a really long streak. Yeah. He had like years. A few good years of yeah. this. Uh, just his creativity was great. And we did intentionally do a period where it's January 95. We just reviewed a couple of weeks ago WCW Prime from February of 95. Right. And we reviewed WWF Raw from January 95. So this is the same time period. (laughs) Same time period. And the contrast as far as what was going on is just so unique. So even for Prime that I love so much, this is better. Oh, it's and and different is the main thing. Different. So you want to get into it, Quinn? Yeah, let's do it. ECW Hardcore TV, folks. January the 31st, 1995. So the first thing, we get the scramble with the Max Headroom dis- styled like distortion. It's fantastic. I That's one, little, that's one little clip. It's also like Wild and Crazy Kids yeah, style real distortion. Real relevant in 95, Max Headroom. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, these guys were older guys. They, yeah, okay. they, these were their influences, uh-huh. right? The new Coke pop quiz. Cokeologist. All others pay attention. And then we get a cold open, Quinn, mm-hmm. from from last week on ECW, where Joey Styles says that uh, Tully Blanchard announced he'll no longer be wrestling. Also, by the way, Joey really likes the Four Horsemen, Quinn. Yeah, he like sadly looks at his hand making <laughs> the Four Horsemen symbol in the promotion. Like, this is the kind of stuff I like about this era is yeah. like, there's a lot of this like, these are fans. Like, oh, yeah. It's like if you gave fans the reins, if you gave us the reins of a oh, promotion. Oh, God, don't do that. Like, but it, you pick like talented Fans who like know like uh, that are creatives. Well, not us. Yeah, not obviously. not us. Like people who are like really creative style people, and you just give them the reins of some promotion, but yeah. they also really like wrestling. Yeah, this it's is called AEW. Yeah, he had to do what the Horseman did best. He had to fight. He had to fight. 
Yeah, like Joey's like, oh, the four horsemen. It's just funny yeah. the way he's it's like, like, I love him so much. Lamenting. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we then get a clip uh, last week of Ron Simmons. That's right. Farouk stopped over there between WCW and WWF. Yep. And he was taking on Shane Douglas, the world champion, in some barn somewhere. <laughs> it's the AstroTurf zone, Joe. That's right. It's in like Florida. Flor- so this freaking trip. They-, <laughs> they were there one time. They were there one time, and I swear from like December of 94 to like February of 95, there's like tons of clips of this. They milked it, like, yes. I swear they say sometimes that they're like, we're back in Philly, but they're not. It's no, just no, no. more like fucking Florida shit. Yeah, they use like, a lot of stuff from this for, yeah, for several and weeks. You, the way you know is if you see this weird like AstroTurf but it's like a cutout of it, and it's there instead it's of the mat. It's, it's like so poor. Really weird. This green shit, basically. Yeah. But they were very proud, Quinn, to be in Florida. They were like yeah. so happy that they made it there. <laughs> I, it must have been a big deal for them because that's a far distance from the bingo hall. Yeah, I mean, and their cars actually made it all the way down there. And yeah, they did go to other arenas, but it was more like it was just in the Philly area. Yeah, New like, York. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. It wasn't. Florida. This early on for them to like even be able to go down to Florida was probably like a big deal for them. Not only go there, but draw fans there. Right. Draw people there. I think they were on the Sunshine Network in Florida, so they they had a TV presence. Yeah, that was the other part of it too, is that they had just, I think they had just gotten that deal. Yeah, I think so. syndicate down there and they were like, well, we gotta do some stuff. So, overall, this was like, it seemed like it was a fun time for the cast and crew of like ECW to get out of Philly for a minute. Hanging out in Orlando, that's where they are. Anyway, uh, in this match, here Shane leapt off the top rope while holding Simmons' arm. He snapped his I shoulder. Like Brutal move. Spot. Yeah. Really cool. So yeah. Simmons is all fucked up. Two cold Scorpio runs in to hold Simmons back, convince him to give the match up. Uh, Jim Molino is the ref, by the way. Bill Molecule, you mean? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, he checks on Simmons as the crowd boos because we have a ref stoppage finish here. That's right. Your winner, still the ECW World Heavyweight Champion, Shane Douglas. And then Shane hops on the mic here to, <laughs> in his words, yell <laughs> at the Sounds like Rick Rude. Yeah. Fat, beer-bellied, toothless Florida crowd. Joey is all, come on! Like, <laughs> but it's like real crazy. He, after, immediately after, so he's like, come on! Come on! And as I look out at a bunch of fat, beer-bellied, toothless, southern rednecks. Uh, he then asks, if there if there's a man good enough to step in the ring, that's my Shane Douglas unveiling mm-hmm. for the first there you time. Go. Date, the date butt of the Shane Douglas impression. <laughs> it's not good. Don't worry. None of my impressions are good. I don't think they are. Uh, you Brett people do. Good, no, it's not. People say that. I like it. Just me talking like this. Yeah. No, I thought I could have done a good impression of myself. Anyway, people are tossing their beer cans in the ring. I'm not making that up. They really Brett. are. Yeah. Uh, and then Tully Blanchard hops in the ring wearing a green ECW tank top, gym shorts, and his bald spot, and he <laughs> he kicks Shane's ass with wrestling. Proudly with sneakers, yeah. too. He looks so weird, Quinn. Well, but, uh, it's just because it's like he's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like one of those things where he was like hanging in the back or something. He looks like a Florida but man. But it's because Florida also because they, you know it's warm weather. You just you just wear your shorts wherever. Got hair like Skinner. Yeah. You know, like just looking bad. But anyway, Joey loves it. The crowd's into it too. Slingshot suplex by Tully Shane's dead. Yeah, his old finisher. Yeah, that's right. Nicely done. Yeah, not like bad. It. Not bad for a guy who looks like he's ready for tetherball practice. I always. I love Tully Blanchard in general. Oh, I think he's like, a great wrestler. I, I think he he's convincing even as this older gentleman who's like, he's like, you know what? Fuck you new guys, right? Oh yeah. That, yeah. No, Tully's great, great talker, great wrestler. 
He's even convincing. He's one of the few bright spots of heroes of wrestling in 99 against yeah. Stan Lane. <laughs> he's amazing. The big try. Like, it sucks, but he's he tries. He's one of those guys that really, you're right, he gives his full effort. Yep. No, I have no problem with him in the ring. I like him. Yeah. Uh, and then Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit stormed the ring, kicked the crap out of Tully. Now, these two were big cronies oh, yeah. for Shane at this time, in case anyone doesn't yeah. know. Like, I've watched, like, Triple threat, triple this, threat. The original triple threat, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you've watched this whole... This is You're very fond of this period, right? I am very fond. This is the ECW that I like a lot, a I, lot. I yeah. agree with you. This is also my favorite period. Yeah. I really like, like 95. Like 94, yep. early 95. I like, like it a lot. Yeah, it's excellent. Now, there's greater stuff... There's great stuff in 96 and 7 also, but it's I this, really like, like this. It's like building period where yeah. it's like, it's very, very interesting. It's sloppy, it's yeah. gritty, it's just and you, great. you see it get like a little more refined even as it goes on. Like they, oh, they, yeah. they decide like, okay, we're really going towards this extreme thing, but there's still like these remnants of like, we want technical wrestling in yeah. here too. Like yeah. it's actually very interesting. Yep. Uh, Dean, by the way, isn't like, bugle boy shorts or something he looks yeah, silly <laughs> i think in this what they're trying to convey is that everyone's like you know they, they, they they're done working they're done more like so everyone coming out is just in their like street gear or yeah. whatever not even they're like relaxing like after work attire. Well, I mean, no shirt and a uh, bugle boy shorts is street gear for orlando yeah, I'd say, yeah, and it's yeah fine. i would say 100 moccasins yeah. or whatever yeah. he's wearing anyway tully gets absolutely destroyed by the triple threat as joey yelled us off the air man this show is good I right know. Now we cut to Joey wearing only a white dress shirt, no tie, and this is funny. <laughs> this is just so random. This yeah. is like something that we would do. You know yeah. what I mean? He's this is supposed to be like after the show, but yes. like not this, not what we're, like the episode we're watching. Like after the last episode, yes. but we didn't see it. Where he's like running down things with a notebook, and it's as <laughs> if he doesn't know the camera's on. It, yeah, it's great. It is. It's it's great because it's it's like I like this time too. Another part about ECW during this time is that they would let. They would let even like the announcers have the freedom to like do bits like this. Yeah, it's just a little bit. Yeah. Guys, yeah, that's it. Uh, before we go, we gotta get an interview with Tully Blanchard. Gotta talk to Tully Blanchard after what just happened tonight. I'm gonna change my jacket and tie. And then finally, someone's like, "Joey, Joey!" And then we go to the ring. Yeah, and it's amazing how they had line of sight from Paul's mom's basement to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, because you know all the Joey shit is taped at Paul's oh, mom's yeah, basement. It, the funniest part about that is it's very clearly. Yes. Like, it's not even like this, like, even the lighting is so dramatically different that you can tell this is not in Florida. No. Like, at all. Isn't that banner literally hiding, like, basement shit? Right. The and ECW that banner, banner is in every single ECW episode for a good, like, Two years. Oh, yeah, like, for years. Like, it's literally Joey does every backstage segment yeah. from here every single week. It doesn't matter. I like, think it's even there in 97, Quinn, during the time a, of, like, barely illegal and no, stuff. It, it, from my understanding, the basement shot stuff happened, like, throughout the company until, like, 98 or something. Probably. Yeah. Well, because Paul would probably just have him come over and do a bunch of shit in one day. Right. right? And, and they, would, they would re-put it. And it also gave them the freedom if they needed to add stuff in. They could just, Joey, come come over to the basement. Wear the same clothes. Yeah, just, to, like, they could just do, they could quickly, You're right. like, like, just put You're things right. in. Because they don't have the money to reshoot. No, God, no. So. <laughs> anyway, in the ring now, where we cut to, all of those Florida folks are throwing their chairs into the ring, Michael. I'm pretty sure this happened earlier with Cactus and Funk yes. or something, but it's pretty cool that they got to do it again. Yeah. This was, you could tell, this like the Florida, they, the Florida people saw it on ECW yes. TV and they're like, we want to do it too. We want to do it. Yeah. You have a story about this, yes. don't you? So actually, <laughs> weirdly, I was actually at an ROH show in Edison 
in like the 2000s yes, were, yeah. when this happened like yeah. we got i got to do this <laughs> like it's one of the rare things where you see something kind of crazy on right. wrestling and you're like man that would be so cool i actually got to be in one of these and it was like i think it was like homicide versus necro butcher but it was like an impromptu match like homicide was facing someone else and necro butcher like attacked him <laughs> and then it was like impromptu match at the end of the show right and then like at the at, in the middle of it homicide just like everyone told their chance and like everyone did it and like they even they even had to do the thing where someone got in the mic was like everyone stop throwing the chairs like, <laughs> we I, need to see the pink floyd <laughs> yeah exactly like it was just a fun time yeah. and i i know that show is like on roh i bet you i'm like ian or somebody or or even oh, yeah, brian ian. could get me the footage of it but i was at that that's not the one where you got hit in the balls right no that was a like, different thing that, that was, was when kevin steen like he got he's like a you know how fat he is? Like yes. he, he got like whipped into the thing and I was like leaning against it and he just It's on camera. Like it just right in the balls. Like it was awful. Was that an Edison or was that a yeah. uh, Hammerstein? It was Edison. It was Edison, yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to Florida here where some guy that looks like Jose Lothario gets yelled at by a security guard. I caught that because of the chair. <laughs> and now we hit the intro with all the usuals, Quinn. Yep, with some metal music. So yep. this, I'm not used to seeing this music. I'm used to hearing the on WWF. It's so bad. Yeah, Richie cooked up a good one for us here. This is the network version, but the music is re- like the original music is redubbed in. So yeah, and what it's so funny funny i've barely gotten to see any of this original music stuff since like it aired and i don't even like remember what it was right and it was cool because it's what it is it's like in excess is like yep like when the ecw letters and then it goes to some other yeah i don't i don't know the song forgive me yeah i thought you would know because you're more of a music person yeah but but i'm not not in this not this kind of genre Yep. Anyway, you know the intro. Lots of Cactus Jack, lots of doink. Jason in the dumb suit pose. I <laughs> love Jason's good. I fucking good. love Jason Jason's during good. this period of time. Yeah, he's great. He's good. Uh, Sabu. Paul on the phone. The other chair riot. <laughs> yeah, the original. Shane Douglas, of course. A shitty soundbite of Joey saying, this is extreme. Yeah. But like, they would use that for again, a long time. A long time. A long and time. it's like, it's the worst. I can tell they recorded it like on Windows, like media player or something like in 1995 because of just the quality. It's like the worst bit rate or possible. Or audio cassette probably, yeah, you know what I mean? It's horrible. But I gotta say, even by the intro, Quinn, the stuff is so different compared to the other two companies no, this time. No, it, it's really cool. It's really it's different. It's cool because it's different because we're yeah. so used to this. Both of the companies right now, one is WWF and one is WWF Junior. Yeah. So it's like, this is like Glossy, some fucking like yeah. underground yeah. shit. It's Everything great. is shiny and bright and glossy and heroes and, and you know. And the difference, the main difference why they can get away with this is because it's actually good. It's not like we just saw the W. HFWBF, whatever the yeah. fuck that was. Yeah, that wasn't actually they're, good. They're trying to be like old NWA or old. It's horrible. Daughter. This is trying to be like its own fucking thing. Like, yeah. That's what makes it different. Yep. Pretty much. Uh, so we got to Joey from the usual, the ECW banner, where he says, uh, we're in Florida again, but we've been banned from Disney World because there's no goofy wrestling in ECW. It's a typical, like, Joey, like, monologue at Stupid. the beginning with a dumb joke. <laughs> I know, very yeah. dumb. Anyway, we're going to have a hot car tonight. We're going to have Public Enemy taking on Sabu and Taz, plus... Sandman taking on Cactus Jack in a false count anywhere? Mm-hmm. Two classic yeah. ECW like co- contests here. Yeah, like all those names. That's that is ECW. This is what this I mean time. about every fucking episode. There's like some match you'll never forget on yeah, it. Yeah, like, pretty much. And we throw to comments now from Shane Douglas last night outside of a motel pool. The shitty pool. This is one of the clips of when I said I want this, I was like telling you, I was like, there's some episode where Shane's by a fucking pool. It's yep. like so dumpy. Yep. And this is 
this is the kind of like hotel you're in when you can't get close enough to MTV Spring Break. <laughs> like you know that shit. <laughs> yes. Like yeah. you want to go to MTV Spring Break, but the rich kids get the one in the area. Oh yeah, of course. They right get, on the beach. They get that shitty hotel. It's yeah. not good either. But it's like, and you're in like the one like miles away. This is the one we would get stuck in probably. Gotta take the bus. Like to get the shuttle to, or whatever to like Miami Beach or whatever. Probably horrible. Yeah. Anyway, Shane gives Tully a sermon. You see, the whole thing here is that mm-hmm. Tully has retired from wrestling, became an ordained minister, and has atoned for his past sins. But Shane's throwing that back in his face, saying, in his words, he says, Tully stuck his nose into his business. He's had enough of it. Tully Blanchard, through these searing eyes, I'm going to give you a sermon, Mr. Minister. And he talks about how Tully told people he used to do the cocaine. And the drinking and the sex with all the women at the bars. And now he tells people not to do it. But Shane says his addiction is the ECW World Heavyweight Belt. Shane was good back then. Yeah. This, this is, is yeah, this is like before that shit got old. Oh yeah, no, this yeah. is like legitimately a great version of Shane Douglas. You know what the thing is? Unfortunately, like it didn't translate to WCW when he went there in ninety what, eight, nine? You mean when he was like this kind of same version? Yeah, there? it just didn't well, work. he was more his like he was more his like ninety seven WC or ECW. Yeah, in, in that late, it wasn't the same. This is like the I want to be like a classic wrestler amongst yes. the extreme people. Like, and I'm the serious one. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that was like his gimmick here, and it was great. He became he he became more extreme in the later iteration, yes. and that's the version we got. And it's yeah. a little weird. And then obviously we know what happened later in the year with Dean Douglas. They they just I don't they shouldn't have signed him. How about that? They just shouldn't have signed say, him. I will say, Joe, one thing you would enjoy what? is his last vignette when he goes to WWF in ECW is hilarious because he's wearing like a fucking tux and he's in a limo and <laughs> shit. And he's like, I remember I'm, that. No, I've I'm seen going that. to fucking Titan. Yep. And, and then he even has like a match before he leaves where they like throw him out. Don't they the show ar- him arriving to Titan or something or like it, supposedly? So, so there's a there's a match right before where they throw him the fuck out of the arena and they right. like never come back you asshole because he's like he becomes he starts bragging that he signed with WWF and wrestling all at the same time. Leave it to Paul to put and that then in. And the final vignette is is him going in a limo like, yeah. at night or yes, something to Titan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no no I remember that. Um, And then he comes back anyway. Right. Like yeah. January of 96. And he bitches about how shitty it was. Yes. It's amazing. Because it was. Which is so funny because it's consistent in the ECW canon. I know. Like you know what I mean? Yes. Like he comes back and he's disgruntled. He's like this fucking sucks. <laughs> but we know in ECW canon that he actually left. Yep. Like, so it all works. Absolutely. Let me tell you something Tully Blanchard. If you take a look around me the spectacle that they call the franchise the man that wears the gold the world's heavyweight champion is not about to relinquish this addiction just yet but yeah this is paul Heyman character work at its finest he made yeah. shane douglas interesting right exactly no one had before a guy who was just a vanilla job yeah no guy. like in wwf before mm-hmm. that and maybe even wcw he's green but he's good or whatever yeah. a youngster here yeah. you know take it on the brooklyn brawler yep like that mm-hmm. anyway Per ECW also, it's a long-ass promo, Quinn. Yeah, I'll admit, it's on the long side, yes. but, like, Shane was the shit back then. Yeah, yeah, like, I know. Like I said, it wasn't old. You're right. And, and here's the thing, is they really, like, when we look at this, they only have, like, two or three matches for the yeah, show. Yeah, oh, ECW and TV is not known for its wrestling. It's, it's they're longer-style matches on this, too. Yes. They're longer brawls. They are, so, yeah, yeah. we need to get the promos they need in. To fill this in. This is your long promo for the night, really. Yeah, this the is the other, longest any one. Any other promos, they're short. Yes. But we end with Shane ominously telling Tully that the end of the line is near for him and his triple threat would be much worse to him than the horsemen ever, four horsemen ever were. Just fantastic stuff. Gwen. I really liked yeah. it. Back to Joey, who throws back to the ring, where the public enemy is storming the ring to take on Sabu and Taz. Now, this is still, 
the Tasmaniac version of Taz. Right. And he, actually, I think he would be that until his injury. Yes, correct. Yeah. And then when he came back, he had the shorter hair and the better attire. He was already getting ready to switch before he got injured. It was actually unfortunate. It was like the first match switching to Is the that what gear it was? when he like hurt himself. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You're yeah. right. Yep. Uh, Sabu and Grunge are in. Sabu with the Bulldog. Meanwhile, Taz beats up Rocco Rock on the outside. By the way, the camera angles are all shite, but in this case, it's kind of great because it's it's the way it's shot partially is why I thought it was real when I was a kid. Like, yeah. it feels like a real underground fight club. Or, like, it's like, oh, they can't, like, fit. Like, yeah. they have to, like, but it's like, we got to capture this shit, People right? Bump it into the cameraman. Right? It's good. No, I like it. Yeah. It's very gorilla style, you yeah. know? Uh, anyway, Sabu fucks up, of course, a springboard leg drive to the outside because he's Sabu. Body slammed by Sabu. He heads all the way up top and lands a moonsault, but Rocco Rock is able to make the save. By the way, Paul E. Dangerously and mm-hmm. 911, his bodyguard are at ringside. Now, 911 is kind of out of the frame mostly, though. Yeah, I didn't you don't even see realize much. he was here until much later. Yeah, I caught him yeah. very briefly. Uh, the referee looks like Steve from Full House. He's like 17. Yeah. Like, he's so young. <laughs> Hi, Deej! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Taz lands the Taz Plex on Rocco Rock, but Steve is busy dicking around with DJ, and he's late to the count, which only gets two. Sabu, meanwhile, grabs a frying pan from a fan, nails grunge with it. Because ECW. Yeah, that's what happened course, back yeah. then. That's like perfectly normal here. And if you don't oh, like yeah. it, F you, because this is easy. This, we do this. This is what e- they do This there. is what we do here. The fans bring their shit and they give it to you. And ECW has its own rules, too. It's like there's just ECW rules. It's basically like you can never get counted out and disqualified. Like yeah. it never, ever happens. Sometimes that, like, like if the ref. Allegedly. If the ref really thinks this shit is out of hand, he can disqualify you disqualify you but he'll never count you out correct yeah you know if bill molecule is the head ref then this youngster must be adam yeah oh thank you uh anyway taz finds a chair blast rock a rock with it but fly boy is back with a snow shovel baby but but wait important point it's, okay. a, it's a toy shovel so yes. taz no sell see there's logic yeah, <laughs> it's just plastic it's a, if it was a real snow shovel taz would have been dead yeah but it's a hunk of plastic yeah this is just plastic snow shovel it's another hunk of plastic Joey does have a funny line here. He's got a snow shovel in Florida. <laughs> it's funny. More like, it's more like a pail, like a sand pail. Yeah, shovel. it's tiny. Yeah. Uh, all four guys are on the outside now as Rock finds a big janitor room and he sweeps up Taz with, with it. With soft air. That doesn't even hurt. He doesn't even hit him with the, with the like pointy part. No, it's like a raccoon running in your arm. It's, it's like, just get soft. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like an old lady. Like, you get off my lawn. Yeah, it's good. Meanwhile, Grunge is busted open. He beats up on Sabu with a few chair shots. Taz and Rocco Rock are in the aisle somewhere and Taz tosses the old Rubbermaid garbage can at Rock and then scoops up some crap from the concession stand and tosses it at him. Because we get a shot of the nice shitty mall floor. Oh, God, yeah. It looks like we're outside of Pennies (laughs) somewhere. It's bad. Uh, Meanwhile, all the at ringside here, Grunge tosses Sabu into the post, back to Taz, who tosses Rocco into the fire extinguisher case. Shit is off the hook, as Taz would say. (laughs) That's right. Bro, it's off the hook. Uh, Grunge in the ring now with Sabu. He gets a close two count. All four guys back in the ring. Rock tosses Taz out. Double whip by Public Enemy, duck under by Sabu, springboard moonsault gets two, and then Taz, awesome here, dual Japanese arm drag on Public Enemy. It's dope. That like, looked good. Th- I was like, damn, like he, because that was like pure strength, he like lifted both of them yeah, it backwards, cool. like it was awesome. It looked really cool. They both bought bail out of the ring, P- Public Enemy do. Taz then launches Sabu through the ropes at them, but Sabu gets caught and Rock tosses Sabu into the post. Now he's dead. Yeah, he's down and yeah. out. They go in after Taz now, single leg on Rocco by Taz, but Grunge piles on. Paul tries to rile up the Taz. Grunge tosses Taz out of the ring. Rocco Rock brings Sabu back into the ring. Corner whip is reverse. Shoulder block by Sabu. Moonsault pressed by Sabu is poorly done, uh, but Grunge pulls him off the rope, or pulls him off the pin. By the way, why is this crowd just dead now? Because, like, I, I don't know. It's like it's 
the Florida crowd, like if this was in the ECW arena, people would be like, oh, shit, fuck. Maybe. Like, you know what I mean? Like everyone would be freaking out. I mean, it is just a lot of brawling without any flow. Yeah. It's just brawl, 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 you know. It's one of those things where the one thing I didn't like about the Florida tapings, like all during them, is that I think the Philly crowd ate it up. But That's like their a, thing. That's a their lot, home base. Right. But a lot of other crowds here, they didn't, they, they were like confused a little bit well, during, during these early days. Yeah, and again, there's no real psychology. It's just nonstop yeah. long, so eventually it's hard to care about it. Yeah, I just mean you to know? say is that I, I feel like the Philly crowds were really thirsty for them to brawl all over liked. the place. Yeah. Like, but these crowds were a little like, this is, well, I can't see everything. Like, yeah, you know enough I mean? already. Yeah. And the thing. You right. know what I mean? Exactly. Anyway, Taz and Sabu toss out Rock or Rock. They double backdrop Grunge. Tags picks up Grunge, lands a nice T-bone suplex. And then Sabu brings a table in the ring. They set it up very nicely together, he and Taz do, and they lay Rock on the table, but Grunge runs in, tosses Sabu out, and then walks right into a suplex by Taz. <gasps> Grunge, meanwhile, rolls off to the floor where Sabu tosses him to the post. 911 suddenly barges over, grabs Johnny yeah. Grunge, puts him on top of a table outside the ring. Meanwhile, in the ring, Taz tries to set up a top rope suplex onto the table, but Rock Rock pushes him off through the table. I like that spot. Like Good. He, where he was just like, Taz is like thinking he's getting wise here. I'm going to get him, bro. Rock Rock's like, no. And he just like Boink. punches him off and sends him through the table. It's good. That 911 thing, too, was great because he came like out of the fucking yeah, like frame. Literally from I've left not field. even like seen him. Yes. Like, it was wonderful. It's really good. But meanwhile, as Taz, Taz is getting thrown through a table, Sabu flies through the ropes onto Grunge and leg drops him through the table that 911 put Grunge onto. However, while he was doing that, Rocco Rock got the pin because Sabu was busy showing off, so the whole thing's over. Yeah, he literally pinned him as Sabu was doing the jump. Yep. And Sabu fucked it all up, if you ask yep. me. Like, he, he like, cost them this. Get all fancy with he the leg drop. He should have been watching what was going on. Taz was the legal man. I don't even know who technically... No there, one. There is no legal man. Did anyone tag once in this? No. I see. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> You're matter. right. There was never, like, even the semblance of a tag rules going on it, here. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's ECW. Again, ECW tag rules. Yes, they, tag they, rules. Just whoever the fuck's in the ring. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah. We had a cover in the ring! Taz went through one table, Johnny Grudge went through the other! 911 decides to chokeslam the referee on, but Rocco whacks him with a chair, which just kind of annoys 911, so he chokeslams Rocco Rock instead. Yeah, remember, 911 is like Incredible Hulk during this time, like in this canon, yes. so he like no-sells everything. That's like the point of him. Yeah, he's imper- kind of like The Undertaker, right, a exactly. little bit. Anyway, he goes back to the referee now, chokeslams him, because, you know, edgy, gotta chokeslam the ref. Right. Uh, yep. Uh, anyway, that was a fun brawl, I guess, if nothing else. It wasn't amazing or anything. It was okay. You know what right. I mean? It, it wasn't was a like standard public enemy title defense of this era. Yeah, of this because, era. To be honest with you, if you watch these shows, Joe, from yeah. like all of them, yes. public enemy, they like defend the belts like every fucking episode. I know they're good. This like this is just like one of them in the like tons of title yes. defenses. Yeah. It's very standard for this. It wasn't amazing or anything. Yeah. It wasn't it was fine. Back to Joey, who is with Paul E. Dangerously. I can't believe Paul Heyman Quinn is only 29 years old here. Isn't that yeah, insane? Yeah, well, he's not fat or anything, so you can tell he's young. That's true. Uh, he calls Johnny Grunge a fat, disgusting slob, which will be <laughs> ironic eventually. And then it takes says, a couple years for, for Johnny Grunge to get his come up yeah. on Paul for that remark. And he says the public enemy is going to go straight to hell. And then he gets all defensive about how public enemy uses tables with him with Sambu that brought them into wrestling first. Actually, it's like Twitter. You're going through tables. Check that out. You're going through tables. It's not something you invented. It's something that Sabu brought to this sport. 
He also mentions Melrose Place and yes. makes a Johnny Cochran reference. It is timely, yeah. right? OJ trial was going on. That was their MO is to be timely. They actually were on yeah. like the way Vince tried, like horned it in. No, like we're in like the height of the OJ trial. Oh in, yeah. In early Absolutely. Yeah. It, was, it was hotness. Yep. And we end with Paul saying, the only thing they're going to call you is their bitch. He's talking about them and sending them back to prison or something yeah, like that because they're from the streets. It's it, This is all real. Paul says <laughs> this. It's like Joe's not just saying like bitch. No, like he, he actually says he bitch. He actually says it here. Yep. Anyway, great promo from Paul as always and well before his love affair with Crisco. Aww. He's looking good. He fits in the frame. Anyway, cut to... um. Back to Joey style. Like, oh, he's with Paul, and then it's just like they cut, and it's just Joey. Well, it's that, funny. There was a commercial break I know in between. Why. Um, but yeah. But he throws us to a message from The Raven. Yes, The Raven. Yeah, Bret Hart wrote this one, very, I guess. Th- th- he is like very new. They're just like, they're just vignetting him at I this think, point. Yeah, his first vignette was earlier in January. Right. Even he started in 94. No, you're absolutely right. right. It's like, I think it's the first episode of January. Yes. It's the one where like public enemies partying at Club Loco or something. Yeah, shit. It's, it, yeah, yeah, it's the first one in 95. Yeah. You're right. Anyway, Raven here is in an empty classroom sitting at one of those small, shitty chair desk combos. I hated those things. And he laments the fact that you know, school sucks, you know, basically if you're a misfit or an outcast. What should have been a glorious memory is a vicious scar. You can deny it. You can hide it. You can repress it. But ultimately, Tommy Dreamer, you can never forget it. Then he calls out Tommy Dreamer, who was an asshole to him, I guess, when they were younger or something. I don't know. Uh, they, they're just starting. They're to build just, it. They're just starting that. They're, like, they're alluding to like the whole... The past, from yeah. The, like, this is when it's like, oh, wait, he doesn't like Tommy Dreamer. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Is this where Beulah yeah. comes from and all that? Yes, this is all where fat that comes from. Fat camp or something? Like, like, she was fat? It's, a, it's slow, but fast, because ECW. Like, yes. it, it escalates quickly. But it's slow enough. But for ECW, it's like a week-to-week thing, yeah. so that's slow for them. Right. Raven says, you know, Tommy's going to return to the horror of the classroom of his youth, but this time he won't graduate. Quote the Raven nevermore. <sighs> Raven was so fucking good at this time. Oh, he was. Quinn Scott yeah. Levy is incredible. It's but- amazing. He takes this, like, stupid character and, like, yeah. makes him, like, very important. <laughs> Scott Levy's great. I've, Paul clearly wrote this one on the toilet. I mean, come on. You're going back to the classroom and you won't graduate. That's like, WWF would have done that kind of promo. Considering it's only like the third-ish it's week shitty. of this. The writing like, is shitty. They're still figuring it out. I know. Like, yeah. the, the promo is dumb, but yeah. Scott Levy did a, an incredible job. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, I like this. We see the chalkboard as we fade out, which has I Hate Dreamer written 500 times. It's a nice touch. It is. I like that. I like that. That's the part where Paul probably like, I swear, if you're saying Paul wrote this, this is like the entire thing Paul wanted. It was all based around that chalkboard yeah. thing. It's like, what if we did it in a classroom and the chalkboard said this and then they just write some bullshit promo it's, around that? Yeah, it pretty much. Because yeah. it's very short and dumpy. Yeah. Uh, cutting out a Cactus Jack just storming down the aisle <laughs> with a garbage can and nailing Sandman <laughs> with like it. All jolly. <laughs> 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 it's like, it's like the It's like the first thing we see. He just hits him with a trash can. <laughs> no fucking around here. It's like, okay, we're starting here. This matchup is underway. And this is like the height of Cactus in ECW. 95 is his year, man. Yeah, he's good. He's really good. Uh, Sandman in his pajamas by now, which is good. No more yeah, surfing, no, like, wetsuit. He's not doing that That's anymore. over with. Yeah. A few more garbage can shots by Cactus, and he grabs a chair nail Sandman with that, too. By the way, woman is here, and she's, like, way overdressed <laughs> for the occasion. Green dress. But she also has a kendo stick. Yeah, it's like does. It's like looking overdressed, but with a kendo stick. Yeah, it's very strange dichotomy yeah. here. 
Uh, back of Sam shirt says politically correct and damn proud of it too. All right, then. Uh, mm-hmm. In the ring, Cactus with some rope choking. Bossman attack for a one count. Irish whip by Cactus. Boot swinging. Neckbreaker gets one. Leg drop gets two. Uh, Jim Molino is the ref again, if you care. Molecule. Sorry. Uh, suddenly, woman cracks Cactus on the leg, just on the calf with the yeah. Singapore cane from the outside. So he comes out and he's like, what the hell's your problem? I really like woman in ECW. She's basically sensational Sherry, but no ugly makeup. Like It's the same character. It's it's the reverse. It's like intentionally hot. Yes, correct. But like fucking crazy. Yes, but same like general principle. She'll interfere and she's nuts. Same personality. Pretty much. Different like look. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Sandman chases after Cactus, but gets punched anyway. The horrible (laughs) save. Yeah, well, yeah, he's it's amazing. Like, <laughs> he saves her, but just gets punched immediately. It's really funny. Uh, Cactus with a cover on the fake grass, you know, the astroturf on the outside. But woman nails him with a cane a few times. She doesn't give a fuck. She'll do it. Yeah, she'll. She doesn't care. She Joe. doesn't care. Uh, while Cactus shakes off the cane shot, Sandman grabs a chair and nails him with that. And Sandman now with the famous Coca-Cola shot to the face. Joey, it's the real thing. It's like funny. all happy. I like it. Uh, amazing. Sandman's got that can of soda. It's the real thing. And Cactus Jack catches it between the eyes. Then Sandman intentionally flattens his garbage can, walks over very stupidly to Cactus, mm-hmm. who just whacks him with a chair. He's like, I see you coming. Right, you know? exactly. Just nails him, tosses Sandman back into the ring. Sandman grabs the can, though, nails Cactus a few times, and then lands a DDT on the can. Sandman then heads all the way up top, which scared me for a second. Yeah, it's, it's rare for him. And lands a really good <laughs> flying leg drop. That was surprisingly <laughs> competent for the like sloppiest wrestler of all time. Like it looked crisp. It he landed. Fucking, like his leg, like when you nail a good leg drop like that, your leg like hooks around their neck. Yeah, and so you does, don't hurt him. And the other part of it is that there's like barely any like distance between the neck and the leg. Correct. Like, it's there, but you can't see it. And I have a feeling that his like pajama pants help with the effect. <laughs> Probably. But it looks like. He literally like hooked him around the fucking neck and like Beautiful. nailed it, and it's perfect. Maybe uh, Jimmy Sandman over there, whatever his name is, Jim Fullington. Maybe he actually this okay is so good at playing this character. So this is what I want to say about Sandman. Say it is that I think Sandman is a terrible wrestler most of the time, but he's one of those guys that is it on purpose, partially on purpose. But what I'm going to say is this: he has a weird knack for hitting. Like very particular spots, yes. Like very well, and they look real or but, they look good. Yeah. But the problem is, is that's like one percent of the time, and ninety nine percent of the time, it's just sloppy and lazy, sloppy, and terrible, and just awful. And and but when when he hits something, he can hit it really good. True. Weirdly. Yep. Like it's, for what it's, it's the strangest like thing. For what it's worth, I've heard that Vince McMahon always really liked him, and that's why he yes. had him there in like the two thousand. Vince McMahon like lovingly like it was like a passion project yeah. to bring him. In. Like it was like we got Sandman. I mean, he and, also really liked Sabu too. We got yeah. Sabu. Like, well, Sabu was awful when they brought him in, wasn't like, he? Yeah, that like when they got both of them, Vince was like very happy he about loved it. Yeah, it was, like, we got finally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cactus struggles in the corner, but Sandman hops on the ropes. And rides him down straight into the garbage can. And I actually yelled, holy shit, because that looked brutal. This is like two good spots in a row by Sandman. It was kind of like the old Ivan Koloff knee bulldog off the ropes. But it looked brutal. Onto a garbage yeah. can. Yeah, it was and nice. And Mick did good here, too. Let's not take He's away old. there. Mick is always good, man. Yeah. By the way, right before Sandman did that, one guy was like, 
USA for no reason. It doesn't matter. Florida. Maybe the politically correct shirt triggered him <laughs> off. Anyway, Corner Whip and Sandman heads up again, but Cactus catches him in the gut, maybe the balls, and rams the garbage can into him a few times there. Cactus then climbs the ropes, punches Sandman off the turnbuckles and to the floor, and he gets himself a cookie sheet that a fan throws at him. Nice catch by now, Cactus. That, ca- that catch was amazing. He, like, click like yep. right into his hand. It was good. Uh, he blasts Sandman with that before choking him with a rubber snake. I'm serious. That's, <laughs> that's real. That's, that's absolutely real. Uh, and then we get a shot with the Wayne Ferris special, according to Joey. That's Honky Tonk Man. Yes. Um, which is, a, again, another tiny beach it's shovel. It's the same apparently. shovel. You're right. This is where it broke, though. Okay, you're yep. correct. Uh, so anyway, that gets a two and a seven-eighth count, according to Joey, which is as funny. As silly as this is, there have been a few nice spots, I must no, admit. No, this is good. Like, this this is, a, is fun. This is a fun, dumb match, but like the, every, there's been a lot of good shots here. Yeah, it's creative, right? Yeah. A rubber snake. Like, of course that's stupid, yeah, but, but why like not? Yeah, but leg drop thing that was good the, yeah like it's the crazy. spot of the night yeah salmon's never good usually yeah, it's so good <laughs> uh cactus winds up for a big right hand but salmon gets the garbage can up in time cactus punches the garbage can instead his hand is in trouble now he goes down salmon staggers up lands a really hilariously and i'm sure intentionally junky elbow like a falling over elbow right, job yep. like all shitty but salmon's still in all kinds of trouble cactus is crawling around Salmon then smashes Cactus's hand several times with the can, comes off the ropes, big dumpy boot by Sandman, and he sets up his like shitty delayed pile driver where he takes like a yeah, minute. Yep, he like holds him up. I like it. Yep. Uh, and he obviously spikes Cactus right onto the can. Lots of garbage can in this match. It's the MVP of this match because it's the same like metal trash can, and like by the end of it, it's like, it, first of all, it's not even remotely the same size because it's been smashed oh it's god like, it's like this tiny piece of metal yeah it's so flat and they they, they use it the whole <laughs> it's it's like a it's like the cookie sheet that cactus got by the end of it's the that match. flat yeah. yeah and it's like used in every spot it's yeah. so funny salmon charges but cactus moves salmon falls to the outside Cactus off the apron with a big elbow for the win. And now woman is all sad about this, right? Yes, she is. She's very upset. Mm -hmm. And as Cactus, you know, with his bloody right hand and all, he climbs into the ring, gives a bang, bang. Woman sneaks from behind, canes him. Cactus turns around, grabs the cane, (laughs) stalks woman who... <laughs> so she screams like ridiculously. It's hilarious because this like woman character, like oh, I'm a woman, femme like, fatale, femme fatale. She turns into like a little girl as soon as she loses the game. Ah! It's so funny. Yeah, it's, it's really so good. well done. He's got a slug woman. Woman is terrified. Sandman then sneaks in and beats the crap out of Cactus with the cane like 14 times, like hard as fuck, like in the face, like, oh. and you know Cactus like hit me. Yeah, hit me hard. Oh, 95 Mick Foley is Did, going for anything he possibly can. Right. He's like, I want you to hit me directly in the temple. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit back then. Wooden stick. He's insane. He was yeah. hungry, man. I mean, yeah. he was really yeah. trying to prove himself after mm-hmm. the kind of like shitty ending to his WCW run right. exactly. in 94. Uh, anyway, Sandman gets a cigarette in his mouth now. As woman tells him to put it in Cactus's eye. Now, this has been done, I think, before. Yes, it already happened. So right? it's, it, now this is like a big threat. This is when, one of when, the three, when, yeah. When he does this. Yeah, that's the other thing we should mention, because, you know, it's somewhat times it's ambiguous in ECW. Sandman's a heel here. Right. Like, yeah. technically, he's For, a heel. The whole, when he has woman, generally. Yeah, he's a heel. Yeah. He does eventually become a face, but right. let's not worry about that. Huh? And Cactus Jack is pretty much always a face until later when he turns anti-hardcore. Right, exactly. Remember that? Anyway, Sandman tries to put the cigarette in his eye, but Jack fights it off best he can before... Mikey Whipwreck runs in to make the save. Yes. This is like the beginning of this, I believe. This is the big era where like yeah. he's Cactus's like big helper, like his little right. friend. Yeah. Like anytime Mick is in a jam, 
like Mikey, Mikey runs makes out. the save. It's always the crusty save, and Mikey sometimes gets his ass whooped for but, his trouble. But, but Mick gets away or whatever, Mick, right? Yeah, it's good. It's good. And we even get a big Mikey chant from Florida men here as we yeah. go to the black. Uh, we come back where Sam and a woman are in the hallway somewhere looking <laughs> mad. Sandman cuts his usual ridiculous sloppy beer gut promo. You want to go gut to gut with me, Cactus Jack? You want to go heart to heart? Can I say that woman is in her, like, Roseanne gear? Like, she went from, like, hot to, like, Roseanne. Dan, I'm going to the Lobo. <laughs> she's got this, like, <laughs> she's got this, like, cheetah print on. Yeah, she, she looks, looks silly. It's so stupid. Um, woman joins in the fun, though, which is, uh, by the way, I like, this is a good pairing. Yeah, it's this very, pairing's it's very, good. very good. Woman threatens to turn Cactus into Sandman and then says it, like, three times for emphasis, which is yeah. funny. I'm going to turn you into him. I'm going to turn you into him. I'm gonna turn you into him. The funniest part about it is Sandman acts as crazy as he possibly can. As yep. she's, she's like, I will turn you into him. And he's like, quack, 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 quack. Like, yeah. And he's like, look, he's making like stupid faces. <laughs> it's and so good. Like, it's just dumb. Whacking himself with the stick yeah, and all yeah. that. Uh, also, by the way, Sandman was wearing a woman's shirt, like a homemade one with her on Come it, on, which is I hilarious. That, you didn't? It was like yeah. so faded. She's on his shirt. It's really <laughs> funny. Uh, back to Joey now, who throws us to Cactus in in Joey's words, an adjacent hallway. This is a great promo, Quinn. Looking all fucked up with like a oh, bandage on his head and yeah. all this, yeah. Broken hand. Yep. All bloodied up. He cuts a tremendous promo like Mick always does back then. Oh yeah, 95 ECW, <sighs> they're the best Mick promos, period. Seriously, like, yes. For like a whole year. Yes. He's got a soft spot for Sandman, wrestling history with him. Here's the thing with this promo. There's no way I can do it, most of these promos justice, but I'll dump some in, you know, mm -hmm. at some point. They're really long. This is pretty long, too, but this is a good one, Quinn. And good lord, Mick is great. He's just convincing yeah. and yeah. and a little psychotic sounding, mm -hmm. but like, but he means every word he says. That's one of the things about Mick's promos. Right, yeah. It really feels like he believes what he's saying. Exactly. That, and, that's why he's so great. And this is for little ECW that he's cutting this promo yeah, for. Yeah, the, the quality is just... It's astounding. It's super high for what it is. Astounding. And they're, they're even like they're in throwaway Florida. Like, yeah, it's, it's not like even like good taping. Yeah, it's amazing. The bottom line is Cactus challenges Sandman to a Texas death match. And he says, you know what? If Sandman can beat me. I'll walk away. I'll go back to being a husband and dad. Yep, like he full says, time. Like, I'm just enough, this wrestling thing. I'm done. Yep. Uh, and we end on a bang bang as Mick drops to his knees. Very passionate. This fucking show, man. Great. Good, good stuff. man. Yep. Copyright 1995 Extreme Championship Wrestling. Tell you what, tell you what. First of all, thank you, Richard, for picking a good one. Yep. Thank you, Quinn, for picking this. I like this a lot, you know, yep. and uh, as with most ECW episodes, it had a bunch of solid promos and fun matches. And this, like we said, this is the real hot. They're starting to heat up here, and it's my favorite ECW era. Yep. Yours, too. It was so different, right? We compared to WWF and WCW. So different, fresh, gritty, and dare I say extreme compared yep. to what the other two were doing. It's true. Now... It was ECW was short lived, and their quality of really sustaining this quality was short lived. Right, and it's a bit of a niche, like mainstream wrestling. It couldn't be the way ECW did it, but this was necessary to wrestling in '95. Yeah, no, you know, I it's agree. just great shit. It, it's just how was it so good at this point? It's always <laughs> that's what I ask at the end of every ECW. I was like, how is this this good? There's no right? right being this good. The matches are silly, but all the stories have like purpose yes. and meaning and everything yeah. moves so fast i love it it's like the quinn's favorite kind of like it's no there's no 
bullshit. There's no like extra crap in these. No, right. Like, like it, especially that cut from that whatever to like Mick with the garbage can. Yeah. That exemplifies like the pace of ECW. It's just here we go. No fucking around here. It, it's like if an action happens on ECW, like the end of this Sandman match, it's like there's immediate response from both wrestlers about like what's coming next and like Good point. how much I fucking hate you. It's yeah. like and, and there's no they don't have the leeway like of other promotions. So it's just like, okay, we got to cut to what's, what's next. What's yep. happening next. We have to end the episode on a cliffhanger. And they do. And this yeah. is just during that period of time where it is fresh. Yep. It's invigorating. Uh, watching it now, it feels of its time, but in a good way, mm-hmm. it feels like 1995. It feels like what it oh, is, yeah. but it's fresh still. It's, it's a fun watch. And uh, it is on the network, obviously with the dubbed music, but you can right. see it there on the network. Definitely. But good pick Quinn. Thank you for the specific episode, Richard and folks. We hope you enjoyed yet again this episode of Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, obviously, we will be back next week, the 28th, for episode number 205. In the meantime, have a good holidays. Have a good Christmas if you celebrate it. Whatever you celebrate, whatever you do, have fun. We're obviously going to see you next week, episode 205. In the meantime, join us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email. Join the group and sign up on Patreon if you want more stuff. Until next week, happy holidays. I'm Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn, and we are getting out of here. See ya. So, Sandman, I'm on my knees. I'm on my knees, and I'm asking you for the favor. You meet me in my match. Not false count anywhere because that's far too civil in one, two, three scout. And God knows I don't want them to. But Sandman, Texas Deathmatch, where the last man standing wins it all. And if you can beat me, Sandman, in a Texas Deathmatch, a match made famous by the likes of Cyclone Negro, by the likes of Stan Hansen, by the likes of Captain Redneck Dick Murdoch, and by the likes of my idol, Terry Funk, then Sandman, I'll walk away from this sport. And I'll walk with my head held low, because once upon a time, the words Cactus Jack meant something in the world of wrestling, but as far as I'm concerned right now, they're words I don't deserve! So Sandman, you take the challenge, and you beat Cactus Jack, then away I go to become a full-time husband, a full-time father. And I don't want that. No, Sandman. What I want is you!